All right, here we are with Fellowship, Star Wars Pitch Black, Season 2, Episode 2, Scars and Prophecy. I am Devin, the framework playing uh, the Lord Marshal Overlord, and here today we have... Stephanie playing 411KM, aka Kim, a droid using the Air Playbook. Peter as Shani Pink, the Nelvanian Force Mystic, the Ogre. Ian playing Sicarius, a Harch, the Spider Playbook. All right, gang, let's... Oh, and we're in July 2021. So, gang, can we recap what happened last episode? We went to Hoff, yet again. Drop off the still intelligence. That's right, we met, we met the giant aliens. Yeah, yeah, they told us they're from the past, but not really, because they're... They're time weird, and so oh, no, they're, they, in the they're past. talking to us. Yeah, yeah, they're in the past, but talking to us in real, real time. time. So time weird. So yeah, time lords, a chrono. They're more like the great yeah. race of Yith from uh, the the mythos, where they're actually like a, a protagonistic force for uh, investigators, even though they're weird and alien. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's a cool thing. It's one oh, of the, the few, like, uh, helpful, weird, mythic outsider creatures. Like, they actually, you know, try to give humanity a leg up, even though they went extinct billions of years ago. Hmm. Oh, and we talked to Admiral Trench. Yes, you did talk to Trench. You had a meeting with him to try and negotiate uh, some sort of resolution yes. to this war. Yes. Did he have it terms for go you? Great. Uh, yes, he wanted the head of Maul. He no, didn't want the head of Maul. Maul. Oh my god! This is why people don't trust you <laughs> to carry out tasks. I mean, Sicarius. In this, in our games, that would work though. So you know, just no. a droid body. No, he wanted Maul so he could torture information out of him. He wanted to interrogate Maul, and he had a Dathomir <laughs> witch on the payroll to help with that. Mm. He didn't want mm. to torture Maul, yeah. but he definitely will torture Maul if Maul forces him to do that by not cooperating, which is how Trench and every <laughs> torturer uh, justifies it if they're not just sadists. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> You're making me do this. <laughs> this is gonna hurt you more boss. than it's hurting me. All right. Oh wait, no, so, no, I had that wrong. This is going to hurt me than it, more than it's going to hurt you. That's <laughs> it. You so you found uh, out that you have to head to Nelvan to uncover an ancient rune and see if the Zepho if uh, the Zepho left behind an artifact for you to help you win against your uh, unnatural and inhospitable enemies, which means you get to go back to Shining Peaks home. So as the ship uh, you know, is heading on into the solar system and getting ready to go over to the planet, we are going to start off with a long journey. So you're on board the Necrobor, and it has been largely restored since the previous conflict. You know, bulkheads have been fixed up, the paint's been redone, equipment's been reinstalled. There's still stuff being put together, of course, because it always takes a little bit to fine-tune uh, you know, ships. They're they're temperamental at best and can be malicious at worst if they're not taken care of properly. So you know, there's a lot of organizing things. It's always something to do with the ships. 
Exactly. You know, they're temperamental creatures. <laughs> Fussy beasts. So there is a lot of the crew moving around, like getting things set up or like reinstalling tech or updating, uh, you know, hardware to make sure that it's like, you know, tuned to the ship and the crew that you guys are. Everyone likes to make their ship their own. But yeah, you hurtle through the void of space, your engines humming along, uh, and we cut you inside the Necrobore, where, uh, oh, uh, Steph or Ian, which one of you would like to go first? I can start. Excellent. All right. Sicarius, what are you doing aboard the Necrobore? It's just, you know, you guys are getting ready for the next day to land on Peter's, uh, on Nelvan and meet Shining Peaks as people. Um, what's your routine? Is uh, his routine would probably be going around checking that all his spiders are doing good, you know, <laughs> standard yeah. caretaker sort of stuff like that, taking care of the um, and then I think somehow technically I am the wep- like the gunner on board, so oh, no. he'll go around and clean. All the ship's weapons and make sure they're in working order and proper because that's, you know, an important job. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, just kind of doing whatever else he feels like. He's, you know, not huge into routines other than the general maintenance and upkeep, but yeah. Okay, so yeah, the spider colonies are going just fine. Uh, you know, they're all happy. I know you have a colony that technically are the, what, the cooks or something? Who did you... You assigned a spider <laughs> we, colony as a crew member, and it was we, the quartermaster. They're the quartermaster, yeah. So when you go into the, the stock room, uh, where like all of the, the resources are being held, um, yeah, it's covered in spiders. They're moving things around, shelving things, uh, taking care of all that. <laughs> um... So Amazing. there's a lot of, like, resource containers covered in spider webs, a lot of, like, bigger, more intelligent spiders. You know, the ones that are kind of, like, have crow and above intelligence are, like, you know, getting the rest of the colony to kind of put things in order. They're checking off, like, panels on, like, touchpads to make sure that you guys have a list to restock when you guys uh, land the ship and whatnot. <laughs> um, as you're, like, you know, basically hanging out with, like, yeah, you know, you have crow octopus level intelligence spiders that are all a part of this colony that can communicate with you. And have, like, you know, spider yeah. language, basically. Um, so as you're walking to one of the stock rooms, you hear a gunshot go off uh, behind one of the doors. Okay. Um, what do you do? It's a blaster I'm shot. Go- like, I'm, I'm going to, like, throw the door open but not go in immediately. And just kind of wait to see what happens. And then Jedi slowly Master start, like... Rudwar Gee collapses into your many arms, two smoking blaster holes in his torso. Um, uh, shit, Krell Duran, your navigator, is standing there with a blaster in his hand, clearly smoking, and is looking at you. What's your next move? Wait, that's the guy who was a... Necromonger. Necrobor guy, right? Yeah. Um, a necromonger. Uh, necromonger? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what is going on here? What... Is that, is that your action? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Just this shock. isn't as bad as it looks. <laughs> uh, drop drop the weapon? Or he drops else? the weapon. No, no, he drops the weapon. No, no, no. Look, it's not as bad as it looks. Check, check. And he's like, look, he, he's trying to get you to look away from him and look down at your arms. No, I'm not, I'm not going to look away from him. No, I'm going to no, get one dude, of the spiders. Dude, just look. Just look. Okay, I'll look. I'll look. You're holding nobody. What? 
I'll, I'll look back at him. Are, are we good? Can we talk this out? <laughs> I can explain. What the? What the heck just happened? How? Uh, I, I, I was, was holding help, someone. I was just helping Master Rudwar with training. Look! Look! We'll go talk. We'll go talk. Can we? Can I? Can we just? Can we just go to his room? Yes, we we can go to his room. Maybe we should meet right. Steph first, though. <laughs> meet Steph first? Why? Mute Steph with all the noises. Mm. That was one. Train. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like a there's like a clicking sound every once in a while from her mic. I don't know what that is. Um. But yeah. Um. So yeah, you take. What's his name? Uh, Krell Duran. And you head to yeah. Rudwar's quarters. When you open it, Rudwar is already getting up from his bed, um, uh, basically fumbling with a necklace he has. Oh, and like, he right. ha- he's not wearing his robes. You can see his torso. He has two spots that look like not aggressive, very light, very casual sunburns where those gut wounds were. Are, are you okay, Master ah, good Rudwar? Mor- good morning, Sicarius. How are you today? Uh, it's been an interesting morning so far. You you got how, shot? Um, how real did that feel to you? Pretty real. Looks like Krell. I mean, I, Krell's I, like, I feel yeah. like I felt weight. Good, good. Krell, like, they, he looks at Krell with his, you know, tired, stalked eyes. Krell looks back. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looked really real when I shot you. It, 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 it looked like you died. Oh man, that was a lot. And then he's like, "All right, well, at least it's better than the last time." I'm sorry, you uh, you stumbled into a bit of training. I was working on uh, a technique I had sharpened up in my time in my cell. Some kind of hologram technology. If that's how you want to imagine it, yes, yes. Okay. Cool. Just nods. That is an excellent way for you Just, to internalize that. I'm going to make a little sign so no one else has to deal with this. And then you can put the sign up when you train. Tell me, Sicarius, while you're here, how do you feel this conflict with your brother is going to turn out? I mean, we've definitely had our disagreements in the past. So I feel like it'll all work out okay. We always end up, we'll, we'll fight a little bit here and there, but it, it always works out. He uh, gets up and like adjusts like the uh, uh, the sort of leg brace he has on still and uh, sort of gets his robe on and starts looking out the window while you guys are talking. Mm, there's a very good possibility that the relationship you have with your brother is going to be leveraged against you. I know that family is important and loyalty is something you value, but your brother's chosen his side. There's a very good chance he might not be able to be saved. And there's a Ah, wildness in his actions. Sides are... The word side implies... It's it's more of a spectrum. You know, You, you can slide along it as need be. And Perhaps. my brother and I have done it many a times. One of the generals I talked to, or one of the other knights I talked to, uh, he has a more black and white point of view about these things. And he often, when I've talked to him at least, pushed that the nature of this conflict 
and the forces involved have made the stakes so high that if you're not defending the Republic, and if you're choosing to act against it for even your own selfish interests, even if you don't believe in the separatists, then you're essentially siding against democracy itself. What do you think about that in regards to your brother? He doesn't seem the most moral person. Yeah, again, morality is is a loose term at times. I agree that there is a overall morality, but again, the idea of just everything being black and white, cut and dry, it's no. The world's much more complex than that. I mean, look at this situation now. My brother has clearly shown us that there's something going on on both sides of this argument. And we also have the, you know, uh, the necro boar horde, Monger. necromonger horde, the necromonger horde. They're definitely there's something going on there. So it's not it's not even black and white because we have three parties going on here. And do you believe that there's, there's a something... argument for both sides for the necromongers? That they have a right mm. to engage in their campaign of their crusade against not life? Not so much, no. No. I I do think that But there is for the separatists overall. who are waging a war against, well, freedom. I don't know. I, I mean, I make money on both sides. I've never really thought too deeply on their point of view. It's an interesting perspective. It puts forward that life, even in captivity, is more value. Is It's more agreeable to allow life to continue in captivity than it is for it to be extinguished, I suppose. It makes the case that slavery is better than death. Uh, now that's... That gets into some interesting discussions. What do you think is because... going to happen to your brother, Trench, when this war is over and the Republic prevails? He's committed crimes against sapience, like actual chargeable war crimes, the type that doesn't really let you go. Are you, pres are you sparing your brother his one last conquest where he can go out a brilliant general and reveal a conspiracy and die with honor so that he doesn't spend the rest of his life shackled is slavery more valuable I'm, than death i guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there that it's, bridge is coming very fast yeah. my friend and i don't mean to pressure you and i don't mean to upset you but you must contemplate that there will be consequences for all of our actions at the end of this we are all going to get exactly what we deserve if we prevail and should my brother help us with some insider knowledge, then perhaps his actions will show redeeming factors. Trenches say, burned we worlds. Yes, well, so has the Republic. The Republic will be on top at the end of this conflict, my friend. I don't speak much to the politics of the Senate. They are vast and unwieldy and it's a it's a serpent whose heads you can never see all the directions they're in there's a type of animal like that on naboo where i come from it's a water hydra of sorts the senate is like that it doesn't matter if it's trying to be if it's being compromised by other aspects within it 
it's still going to be the victor at the end of this. And it's still going to look down with all of its heads, even the ones that might have been less than forthcoming. They'll all be connected to the same body, and that body will continue on for its survival and its best interests. And allowing Trench to go unpunished will not be in the Senate's best interests. Even the most fervent Separatist supporters will not make an excuse for someone like him. I almost wish he wasn't as decorated, because... I can see an absolute amount of pain coming your way, a suffering. And it just doesn't seem fair with all the help you've given us. Well, as I say, unfortunately, that is the life my brother chose and the life I have chose. And we will have to see what comes of it when the time comes. Contemplate whether your brother truly is looking to resolve this phantom menace conspiracy. Or if he's simply looking for an early out. Do with that information what you will. If you find the answer. Thank you. He, uh, he goes back out the window and is playing around with that necklace. That necklace are those two lightsaber crystals built into that tech that have been like shined up and put into like an inset. And he like holds on to it when he's concentrating now. That's what he's turned him and Taurus lightsaber crystals into. A sort of amulet. Hmm. That's the one that was holding his kind of astral projection body together yeah, he while had he was in the sill. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he had them in the projections ears to help like keep it together. Yeah. Hm. It looks Very like he's cool. pushing that technique a little bit uh, further into something else. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Sicarius is definitely going to make a little sign being like, you know, warning, uh, training going on, loot or hologram advanced hologram technology or something jedi bullshit happening here yeah yeah exactly yeah and that's fair just put uh, up the sign as you as you're leaving rudwar's talking to uh to krell it's like all right i'm going to come at you with my with my weapon this time see if it actually connects and krell like kind of nods <laughs> and gets out like a like a metal pole and goes back into the room to wait <laughs> wow Okay, I don't envy his job right now. <laughs> I don't think his projections can cause harm unless they have like an actual real weapon, but he's he's testing to see if he can spook someone well enough with like a hologram lightsaber or something. Fair enough. <laughs> or if he can just pick up a weapon while project astral projecting and have that weapon come at someone, you know. They're they're yeah. experimenting. He's he's checking out a technique. He's working through that's... his problems by training. Boy, that that becomes super strong if you're like, I'm gonna just astral project over here, pick up a weapon, and charge the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh boy. Yeah, that might be a problem yeah. if someone picks that attack up. That's <laughs> Yeah, don't don't Fun don't times. be sharing this around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to forge a bond with anyone that was in that scene, including your little spiders, like that is an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I'll forge a bond with my spiders and with uh, Rudewire. Awesome. All right, Steph, okay. we're going to swing the spotlight then to you. Uh, so, okay, don't 401, 401km, you're the captain of the ship. Uh, you know, it's being put back together. You guys are on your way to Nelvan. You got, you know, under a day's travel ahead of you. What is your day looking like? What's your routine? What are you doing now that uh, you guys are getting ready for a big mission? Um, well, I'm basically like kind of supervising the ship rebuilding, making sure everyone's doing their job well. 
um, making sure that everybody's, you know, safe and comfortable and doing what they're supposed to. And, and also going through all of the information that Trench dumped on us about the Phantom Menace. It's a, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. complex conspiracy he spun out, and there's a lot of supporting evidence from the various factions you've had to add to it. Right. So, like it, so it's that's, that's upsettingly correct. Or it's upsettingly right. plausible. Right. So so going through that and, and calculating the probability of him being a paranoid schizophrenic versus a genuine conspiracy. There is a fairly high percentage that Admiral Trench is having a existential crisis or some sort of midlife crisis or some sort of like sadistic general we're going to lose the war breakdown you don't mm-hmm. know there, but it's there it's 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 likely but a lot of this evidence matches up like even the fact that Rudoir used to be the apprentice of Count Dooku who used to work with Sifo-Dyas who's the Jedi master who went missing who commissioned the clones from the Kaminoans using his own accounts and funds that he slush funded from the Republic and the Jedi Council like that's that's mm-hmm. a lot Right, right. That's a lot for six <laughs> degrees of separation. Right, right. And then Count Dooku went to spin off his own army out of the Republic, and they have their own version of clone troopers that are just robots. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, six degrees of trench. Good one, Pete. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the ship is being maintained. You know, uh, this is probably like at a different time than when Ian's stuff was happening. So, like, you see Krell moving around the ship, like patching consoles or putting diagnostic tools in. Um, every once in a while, he'll call down a hallway because on the other end of it, with another uh, diagnostic tool, is the Republican. So he's like looking down the hallway. They're going back and forth, and he's not doing it right. And his arms like grabbing his hand and making him plug into the right port and like use the right tool on the pad. <laughs> it's that same kind of thing happening but you just walk right past them as it's going on um eventually though you'll run into your war droid um death heads panoply he's in one of the cargo bays right now and Tora's like sitting on a bench in front of him while he's standing uh with diagnostic tools like prying into his chassis and like making connections and stuff and like with database tools on hand and she basically has a toolkit in front of her and is just doing maintenance Mm-hmm. So yeah, do you want to be in that scene with them? Because they're going over stuff, it looks like. Sure. All right. Uh, Bip, come on into the scene. Uh, the two of them All are right. there working away uh, with like just tools and diagnostic terminals in front of them. Are, are they working on the ship or are they working on the droid? The droid. Okay. I, I asked her if she needs any help. Actually, yes. You're an older model droid. You might actually help me bridge the gap with some of the problems I'm having here. There's data stuck inside this thing, but all of the standards are completely out of date to what I'm under. I'm familiar with. I, I don't know how to get to it, and I'm afraid that if I try to pull it, I might corrupt whatever's left behind. This droid's been wiped a lot of times, but there's not really any efficiency in it. So there's all these ghost images I keep finding in the programming. Hmm, interesting. And it looks like that his his uh 
his hardware has been patched and repatched several times. I recognize some um, die crystal diodes here, but I'm I don't recognize a lot of this hardware. Some of it looks like it's. Not built for function, but built for ritual. Like, there's a lot of parts inside that don't seem to do anything, but when powers run through them, they either make an appropriate instrumental noise, or they're meant to interface or open up to, like, better be part of the background, like artwork. So it's a needle in a haystack here finding actual service ports or actual components that I need to be repairing and things I can gloss over. And he isn't any help. Death just kind of looks down at both of you, you know, not saying anything. Death said, Panoply, what are these circuits here for? Tara goes, one moment, and she, like, takes a tool and, like, plugs it into his chest cavity and makes a twisting motion. You hear a click as his voice box comes back online. Uh, hello there, my liege. How may I assist you today? I would like some information about you. I was curious about some of your hardware. I am more than happy to provide that, my master, now that this traitorous Jedi scum has re-enabled my glorious speech. (laughs) Would you explain what these circuits here are for that don't seem to serve a purpose? They are my loyalty inhibitors. They inhibit my loyalty. I see, I see. So, these these circuits here are to... uh, and to create loyalty in, in those that you swear service to. It enhances, inhibits the process. If I were able to lose myself or my purpose, these circuits would reinforce the glory of the Holy Tyrant, the Sith Lord of the Empire. Pre- blessed be to his divine presence. I see, I see. And it seems... And would you object to making some recordings of your past hardware? I cannot refuse, for I am your property. For all, all are in service to his glory, his glorious presence. Well, so that is a yes. He doesn't answer that because he feels he already <laughs> did. That's fair. How would you bridge the bridge the gap between our our current technology and your hardware here? Servants of his, servants of the Holy Tyrant were often subjected to modifications, upgrades, and streamlining at one of the glorious factories for the war effort. If we were to go to a, if we were to find a servitor complex, we would be able to find. We would most likely be able to adapt the technology there to get what you need from me. You could take the information instead of having to tease it out. I see. I see. What are you Tora kind of, I just need to know more about this sector. If he's as old as he says he is, and he is gesturing at him, then there's a bunch of connective tissue that we can establish between whatever the Sith Empire was doing on Korriban before their fall and what happened to it since, especially if he was in space. That means he's picked up telemetry, maybe even starships and machinery that's gone by. If I can even pull out something from the event horizon arriving in orbit, if he happened to capture it, it would help put some of these details into context, especially what the Lord Marshal might be looking for. He's digging up old things, and this thing is old, well, it, so it might have context well, it seems, for us. It seems to recognize me as a leash, so perhaps I could just ask it. 
Well, you gave me an idea. If if there's some sort of maintenance facility, it might still be in his. It might still be in here somewhere. I think I might know where to look for it. So she's going to do some diagnostics, and now that you've kind of talked it over with him, uh, she'll probably start pulling out a location, which you can have, Steph, that if you ever want, you can set an adventure to go over there uh, and maybe do a little more digging and find a little more details about the Sith Empire. And yes, I know there's a train in the background. I I can hear that. So no big deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to mute myself and talk at the same time. For sure. Um, oh, neat. All right, so I will put that on my character sheet just as a note. Um, a servitor complex. Uh, yeah, there is one here in the system, in the Strait of Messina. There, there's one that's... Um, it's actually in one of the outer range orbits of the of the sisters, the, the twin black holes. So a lot of its signals and its location would be masked. So in the orbit of the sisters, we have some sort of colony of the Jedi and also some factory cathedral of the Sith. Yeah, it still has like a like a general droid running it and stuff, but they don't really do anything because there's nothing that they can do. Uh, the Strait of Messina was probably originally colonized by the Sith because of the Ghost Hand and the Zepho ship crashing through it uh, into those black holes, or maybe creating those black holes, and you know leaving like a lot of dark side debris and like supernatural twistedness from the uh, the Kandarian demons hosting up in here. That's probably what originally attracted them to the area. Hmm. Okay. And you know, some well, sort of our, cosmic our pilgrimage. Mean- are me and Tora able to get any information out of Death's Head? Um, what Besides kind of the lo- what kind of skills and moves do you got, Steph? Do you got anything that would help you leverage this? Do you feel? Leverage. Mm-hmm. Look closely. Speak softly. Yeah, yeah I've got those. If it wasn't custom moves, we'd go back to those. I was just seeing if there's anything in the the what do you call it the uh, air that could have been used here, but yeah, watch sure. closely. Okay, well I also have so that's yes my liege. Sense. Yes my liege. Let me go to four one km. You never need to talk sense to someone who is below your rank. Oh and when shit. You... Okay, you're not talking sense to him because you're not. He's not trying to hide anything from you. This is legitimate. Like he has like ghost impressions of previous lives. You know, flipping around inside his hardware. So this is going to be look right, closely, right. kind of figure okay. out something um, about him. One second, and I need two d six. That's right. All right, I got a seven. Okay, you get three questions from the list below, and one of them you'll uh, find the hard way. Um, so <laughs> Tora will set up a diagnostic terminal and run some cable from Death's Head to you so you can kind of try and patch into the data a bit. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you can ask three questions about, I don't know, one of something about his past life before you found him stranded and crucified onto a piece of debris orbiting uh, Korriban. Um, what were the Sith doing on Korriban? Okay, um... let's, uh, yeah, let's go through all three and then I'll answer them. In whatever order. Let's makes see. Sense. Does he know anything about the event horizon? 
Mm, that's um, a good one. And uh, um, if he knows anything about the the necromongers, like from the time of the Sith. Okay, the necromongers he wouldn't know about because they're new. They only exist because the Lord Marshal here in modern times made them. They 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 didn't exist okay. beforehand. They're they're wholly new and okay. fabricated. So you get something okay. that for this Okay. Um, well, then a different third question because my character would know that. Uh, exactly. Uh, crap. Who's asking about the Kandarian demons? Yeah, and ask about. If you want, would... I could throw you a curveball for a question you might not be thinking of that would be really cool for your character. Okay. A question I would ask if I was a character like yours, who's like, you know, this ancient droid is, have we ever met before? Ooh, yeah, that is a good question. There okay. We go. All right. Those so will be my three, are, three questions. Have we met before? Have you done anything with the event horizon? What were the Sith doing on Korriban? So you'll yeah. go through uh, three sort of basic memories. What were the Sith doing on Korriban? You get a brief vision from the perspective of Death Head's like field of view and HUD, like what his world looks like. And his world is fire and orange. The way he sees everything is in red ray tracing, like uh, 3D modeling with like orange heat maps and infravision over top of it. He sees the world as if it's burning. Um, and whenever he sees like symbols or whatnot, it translates out into Sith and the Sith language looks dangerous and violent. So, you know, Predator and Terminator vision mixed together with the middle of his frame, the middle of his vision at all times sure, has, sure. <laughs> a, ha, has a transparent logo on it, like a crosshair. That is the personal mons of uh, the Sith Emperor, the Divine Tyrant. So the first thing he sees at all times is a reminder that he's property. On Korriban, uh, you can see him like uh, walking among other droids that look like them. And they look probably what he originally was built to look like in bright red and red, black and gold ceramics with like a cape and flowing battle armor uh, over top of him, carrying pikes and tridents in single file. Um, He's staring straight ahead and there are thousands of him marching in like a giant battle formation across the moon of Korriban as ships fly overhead uh, fighting each other. When they reach their enemies, as they kind of crash on down uh, from from the sky on giant machine dinosaurs, uh, you see them going to war with the Mandalorians who are trying to invade. Like, it's them versus ancient Mandalorian warriors. Interesting. Interesting. So they were fighting Mandalorians over Korriban. Mm-hmm. More or less. Um it looks like from the buildings that he's running through and fighting through that Korriban at the time was occupied by the Mandalorians. And you actually get to see specific glimpses and scans of heraldry. Huh. Interesting. Which match the Mandalorians you met on Hoth. Not the good ones, the ones that you loved, the ones that tried to kill you. The Gar- Garzamboza addicts. Because their personal crest is based off the crest of their Mandalore, Mandalore the Conqueror. And it looks like these droids okay. are fighting that Mandalore. Okay. Okay. So that's a that's a brief review of what was going on on Korriban back in the day. Uh, okay. The next one was: Does he know anything about the Event Horizon? Right. So for yeah. the Event Horizon, 
Um, you get a sense that he's nailed to that hardware, like the, the piece of ship debris in orbit around Corbon. And this is just by fluke. Uh, his orbital rotation came into the same kind of crossover with the event horizons. It's already smashed up in an orbit. You can't really get a sense of time unless you like run his images through star charts. Um, and you see a ship docking with the event horizon and it looks Republic. Um, it even looks modern within the next, the last like decade or two. And it docks in with the event horizon and then eventually it de-docks and leaves. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, and have we met before? Um, you're pretty old, right, Steph? Like you, you might yeah. actually go well, back to the empire. Years old. Uh, Possibly, yeah. Well, the empire was a thousand sure, years why old. Not? I, I think we were playing with the idea that you were Methuselah, that you okay, you flip in sure. and out of uh, current events. So uh, okay. this vision takes place on uh, in his data banks. You you understand these things as if you were thinking like him. So you don't see the planet and think this is Coruscant, the Sea of the Republic. You, you what you see as this is Fortress World Coruscant, and this is uh, the Day of Darkness when the Sith like mm. came on in and killed uh, the Jedi uh, generals that were left behind here because there was a crusade going mm. on in the darkness of space. You know all this. You, you've never heard of this before, but uh, it's an orbital drop as he drops onto uh, two Jedi Padawans uh, with a trident that's you know a vibro trident and just goes through them through and kicks them off into the depths of uh, Coruscant below while a bunch of other droids like him land down and all their ceramics broken and they look patched up and they're nodding to each other and are making hand signs as a red blade drops in behind them, heavily cybernetically enhanced. They look like they were human, pale skin, yellow eyes. They look like the scary ones, the ones that are from myth, the ones that look like they're demons, basically. And mm. the troop of them go through this temple, kicking through doors, fighting people, taking care of security staff that aren't handled to deal with this. And for a brief moment, um, one of the rooms is barricaded and has a ray shield, which are fairly hard to break. The Sith puts mm -hmm. his hand to the ray shield and just forces a lot of effort into it. And that whole wall melts and twists open, but the ray shield stays. Mm. And you can see inside the room, uh, there is a woman. She looks like she is clearly a Jedi of some sort. Um, she's missing one of her arms and has patchwork like uh, repairs done to her. Like it looks like she's been trying to be held mm -hmm. together. And you're right. right beside her with a weapon uh, primed at the door, waiting to see if they're going to keep trying. When you get like the, the facial recognition for the person who is injured, she is the spitting image of Tora. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And like that droid, like the, the Jedi, the, the red blades, like it's not worth our time and they keep moving on. Uh, eventually they head to the Jedi council chamber uh, and get into a fight with a Jedi master there. And, uh, the red blade wins. It's pretty savage, actually. He he in the middle of the fight, he has his lightsaber out and pulls out a unfolding vibro sword and guts that master, kicks them out of the window into the Coruscant below, and uh like actually takes out like slams his sword into the ground and it turns into a flag. Hmm. And your memory cuts out. <laughs> huh. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. I share this with Tora. So she was similar to me. That's not surprising. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. That makes sense. That's 
She just kind of rolls her eyes. That's just how the force works. I'm not really that worried about it. (laughs) But that makes this droid exceptionally ancient. Wait, did you describe the ship on the event horizon to her? I did. She runs that through a database and then goes to uh, Rudebar's room and comes back with his, basically, like his notes and runs it through. And I thought that, she's basically like, I thought that sounded familiar. That was a light sailor. She brings up a light sailor model. That was Count Dooku's personal yacht. Interesting. Does Rudwar have any idea what Count Dooku would be doing in this sector? Never mind. Originally, well, well, that's how I was adopted by the Jedi, was Dooku and Rudwar coming here originally. Hmm. I was an orphan. I was from around here. They found me. You know, I was on Lasat, uh, the given homeworld for a while, uh, all around, and it was Rudwar and Dooku coming in here to do a mission that they found me and realized I was, I belonged at the temple and took me. They were here for a weird mission, though. They were trying to get information about Korriban from the local polities here. It was a no-go zone. For She gestures to the hmm. wardroid. Clear reasons. Right. Naturally. No one wants anything on Korriban to get out. Hmm. Even Korriban, it seems. Yeah. That's an interesting fact. I thought Korriban always was their prison. Why would they be fighting to take it back if it was occupied? That doesn't make milit- that doesn't make a lot of military sense. No, it does not. There has to be context we're missing, which is unfortunate. I bet you, if we get this droid into a maintenance bay, we could try to do a data retrieval and pull out any of those uh, anything that's been left behind by previous rewipes. It would probably have much more information on Korriban being part of the Sith Empire at the time. Yeah. Yeah, if there's any administrative terminals left in there, we could actually pull whole records out. Mmm, indeed, indeed. And if the Lord Marshal's pulling ancient things out of this sector, we might get a we might get ahead of the the installation. We might be able to start tracking stuff down before he knows about it. The Sith probably would have records of ancient artifacts in the sector. Yes, that's true. That's very true. Interesting. Hmm. We're going to have to find time to get to that installation then and work on your bodyguard. <laughs> and uh, All right. Yeah. You could add another bond to Tora and your uh, your droid if you want. You could ask okay. your droid about the Sith Empire. He knows about it. Yeah, I'll ask him about the Sith Empire. The Sith Empire, as he tells it, was a perfect a perfectly evolved society it was the apex predator of civilizations it had ultimate power ultimate authority and the right to have both of those and to rule every other life in the galaxy because it was run by the holy tyrant the perfect being who could rule all of us and take away the burden of choice and make up our minds for us while also protecting us from danger okay Uh, This philosophy extended to every aspect of the Sith Empire where like, you know, freedom is what, you know, the the force will set you free, but the only way to get that freedom is through voluntarily like chaining yourself to the Holy Tyrant because you can't resist him anyway and trying to resist it will only destroy you. 
Like, he, he really slammed against what a lot of later people would talk about Sith teachings, where, you know, there's only going to be two, and you can't have big organizations, and they're all infighting. He seemed to have some sort of hold on the whole Empire that made them work together. Um, vast mm. amounts of droids, vast amounts of automation, uh, an ever-expanding area of influence, and he was constantly running up against the Republic and making headway. The only reason mm-hmm. the Empire ever stopped advancing was because a, 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 third, a third threat came in from outside the galaxy that took both of their attention. And for hmm. the Sith Empire and the Republic had to align. And that cost both of them the war. Uh, it was huh. generations before either side was able to start fighting each other again. And when that fight happened, it wiped out the Sith Empire. Um, the Sith, in one of the climactic battles that this droid basically was like getting ready for when it was like sidelined. One of the climactic battles of that fight was they launched a super weapon against one of the, the core Jedi holding worlds, but all of the Sith leadership was there, including the Holy Tyrant and none of them survived. It devastated both huh. sides and destroyed all their cultural knowledge because all of their experts and lore keepers and, uh, you know, cultural heroes went out in the blink of an eye. So the and Sith, basically suicided themselves and and all of their and all of their leaders it looks like that's how that final battle went down from the records you're able to hear and like the sith technology doesn't allow them to admit the holy tyrant has died so even though he's perished it's still his will is eternal like the holy tyrant can't perish his physical form can change and he can, through the power of transmutation and transitive energy, become different things. And the shape he has now taken is the undying loyalty in the heart of all of the, the remnants of his empire. The fact that his droids and machinery still act proves the Holy Tyrant is immortal. Okay. So, that's all a right. problem. All this stuff <laughs> is asleep, waiting to wake up and leave the Strait of Messina, which it can't. This tech can't leave the strait. It'll be destroyed by the barrier between the two. And that barrier is a permanent thing. It's never going to go away. But right. yeah, there's just a right. little slice where, where old ghosts are still running a war. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And and a lot of that's centered right around Korriban. Oh, God, you've seen the Holy Tyrant symbol from the memory. Um, you've oh. seen that symbol before. Oh, it's a stylized gear with writing you don't understand in it. And you've seen that symbol tattooed on the heads of clone troopers. Huh. That's yeah, unusual it's part of, uh... probably a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> for, for people who are not uh, as tuned into Star Wars as whatnot, what I, what I described was the Galactic Empire symbol from Star Wars, which clone troopers in the Star Wars Clone Wars TV series started to get tattooed onto them. Because it was like a symbol that was being used in the Republic era for the military. It's something that came from Palpatine's personal uh, um, branding campaigns, basically. A way to like unify the Republic like volunteers and officers and the clones and the Jedi together under one banner. One like glorious cog in the machine. The Wheel of, of Progress and the Wheel of Democracy. It's called the Wheel of Democracy. Hmm, Okay. Well, that's uh, the personal emblem uh, with a little bit of changes done to it of the Sith uh, Holy Tyrant, the Emperor. All right. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Hmm. (laughs) So you can have that little (laughs) bit of hard way. (laughs) 
And uh, yeah. Uh, if you have anything else for the scene, we can keep going. If not, we'll no. swing the spotlight. Uh, Pete, you were saying you wanted to have a th- uh, session with Tora, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems that she has a lot to work through, so might as well just do something with her. How would you like that scene to be set? What do you have? Uh, what, what would be most helpful to you? Well, at the end of last year, she seemed to be worked out about a lot of things and a lot of anger in her. So we might as well have some sort of, you know, training, sparring mass so she can just, you know, work out that anger, just, you know, get physical, punch, shining, pick a bunch, because she can take it. She don't care. She's an ogre. Yeah, all right, sure. So you're actually going, you actually want to spar with her, right? Pretty much. All right. Uh, yeah, she'll walk in. She's like, you know, dressed for sparring and has her thing, her hands wrapped as they should be. Um, and yeah. So yeah, she'll just approach and be like, so you want to work something out here? Or uh, what are you looking for? Better teamwork? What, uh, what do you know for fighting? Well, uh, I am the Terras Cassie Master. Oh, you know Terras Cassie? Well, yes, that, you know, recently met someone that was practicing the arts and learned some from them. Oh, wow, okay. Um, well, I know lightsaber forms, and they all have an unarmed component to them, so I'm just going to go through forms one to five. You know, uh, we'll just, I'll just, I'll just kind of show you the basics, the footwork, I guess, and you could show me what you know about Terrace Kasi. How about that? Sure thing. All right. It's going to be very normal sparring. Um, I will let you take the lead on uh, guiding yourself through the scene with Tora. But yeah, you know, a lot of footwork, uh, grapples, holds. A lot of her Jedi lightsaber forms are based on gaining distance or like getting under where you're trying to defend or block. Or uh, when she moves up to like form five, or I don't remember the official canon for it, but like that's a lot more her being defensive and pushing back and letting you overextend yourself so she can get in at like joints and whatnot. She doesn't really succeed because you're better at combat than her, but you can kind of see where the techniques would be valuable in the field. Yeah. That's all good, but like the most, uh, well, the goal of this thing is just to have a chat and see what yeah. uh, issues she's working through. Sure. And yeah, that, that's what you can take the lead on. I just wanted to set up kind of what the fight scene looks yes. like. Yeah, sure. No, I'm probably like more. Um, Direct with her, more, you know, strong, I guess, um, heavy style slash strong style, something like that. You know, more direct punches and so on so on. Kiryu in beast form? I guess. When he uses beast martial arts, that's the one where he's just a big fucking stomp machine and can pick up, like, tractors to body slam people with them. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever, like, the mm, earthbenders from Avatar use, I guess. Yeah, big white no. stances and smashing. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, uh, it's up. It's on you. The spotlight is on you. So what's the deal with you and Rudoir? You see, there seems to be some bad blood between the two of you. There's no bad blood between us, she says, and, you know, throws off her, her stance a little. I guess I take that opportunity to, you know, strike in and, like, you know, I've seen, like, you know, how you reacted to finding him, you know, after Korriban. Yeah, I, I had an outburst. It's it's fine. 
it's fine. You know, it happens. I'm not really a knight yet. I'm a Padawan. So it's just, you know, they, they lie to you all the time and they don't even admit it. They don't even admit it to themselves. She's getting a bit slow. She's getting sloppier with it too. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just, you know, try to do some onslaught then, you know, to put her back on her toes and so what are they lying about? Everything. They always lie to you. And they don't even really know when they're doing it half the time. They, they just... They live these lives and they get these ideas in their head about what they're doing out here in the galaxy. And they romanticize sacrifice. And they romanticize pain. And they romanticize denying themselves. And they turn this into this thing where it's everyone else's problem that you're not as committed to suffering as they are. And they don't even admit they're doing it. So when you finally make a mistake and start to suffer like they are, all of a sudden you've done it wrong now. You know, you're having an outburst. You're unfocused. You're acting irrationally. And they say it. And then they'll, they'll do stuff that's a thousand times more out of line than you've ever done. And as you're doing this, by the way, she's getting more aggressive with her technique. Uh, she's switching to another lightsaber form that's not the original five. It's a different one. And that one focuses a lot more on Onslaught as well. Um, she's going to inadvertently throw a cut at you if you don't do something about it. Well, that's fine. I can take it. All right. You're not expecting uh, it. Uh, but when you're in the middle of the spar, like you're both probably using the force in various extents. But she yeah. actually zeroes out your and her gravity for a moment and uses momentum to get under your leg and, like, just grabs and delivers a twist to the knee uh, that, if you weren't as strong, might have dislocated the joint. Nice. Take a damage. <laughs> uh, sure thing. I'll damage my grace. Yeah. Mm, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The... Did that hurt? Uh, just a little. That's fine. That's what we're here for. Yeah, you got to learn to walk so it off. The... That's what... Sorry. Was it one of the other masters' technique? The one from the Holocron? Um, it's a little bit of style for Master Skywalker, but there was, uh, there was an opportunity we had when we were Padawans. Uh, Master Windu gave a... He gave a very focused and very limited seminar on some of the techniques he's developed out in the out on the front lines to kind of give you an advantage for unconventional tactical scenarios. And Master Anakin did a follow-up and Rudor captured some of it on a holocron. And I've been trying to work with it since then. It's supposed to... Apparently it's based off of some of the more unique assets the CIS is deploying. Or if you're going to run into Dooku or his, red, his pet Red Blade. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's everyone talks about how you're not supposed to really use it flippantly because it could, you know, lead you down a dark path because it's bent based on, you know, causing joint issues or moving through defenses and like, you know, tricking and deceiving your opponent. It's another thing, right? It's just another example where it's like, yeah, here's a tool set to help you, but don't use it too efficiently or it turns out, you know, you might uh, you might be getting a liking to it. It's like, no, we're not getting a liking to it. We're just trying to work through this with no resources and no time and no help. So it's very judgmental. I mean, we're in a war, we're in a fight, you know. You should just go for whatever gives you the win. I mean, you're trying to kill the other person usually, so. 
I mean, and that's the other What's thing. The, There's, uh, the CIS and Dooku are picking up red blades that come from the Jedi Temple. There have been two other apprentices that have gone over. Three if you count uh, Pong Krell, but no one does. No one talks about him anymore. We don't talk about Pong Krell enough. He... He seemed to be in on something. It, it was a huge problem. And he did that. And what he did to the clones, unforgivable. And no one answers for it. There's, there's been no reparations to the clones for what happened to them under Krell. Uh, Krell? You mean Seven's boy? No, no. Um, there was this Jedi master, Pong Krell. And he led a campaign on one of his plans against the CIS. And it turns out he wanted to attract Dooku's attention and work together with him. So in his mission, he tricked his clone regiments, which came from a bunch of other Jedi generals that he brought in because he said he needed the numbers. And he tricked them into putting them into a uh, kill box with each other and shoot them in low light conditions. He had the clones turn on each other. If you know anything about them, that's a big thing for them. The damage was unbelievable. The clones don't do well when they are forced to kill their brethren. And it was all a trick, and the Jedi did it, even though it was just Pong Krell, but no one ever did anything about that. That's like a betrayal of trust. I mean, they trust you with their lives. And they're not... We, The Republic made them. We're responsible yes. for them. Yeah, exactly. They're... They're one of the most wonderful things to come out of this war. They're probably the only good thing to come out of this war. They're an entire people that at the end of this are going to embody the best aspects of the Republic. The Republic is such an enduring system of freedom and democracy in the galaxy. It's so ancient and so old and so regenerating that in our time of need, it from nothing, ex nihilo, create an entire host of soldiers so men and women and sons and daughters don't have to die in war. We des They deserve to be treated better than they are. Wouldn't that just make the people complacent since they didn't have to suffer the war? So they can just continue it? That's why they need to be honored. They need to be integrated into the Republic as like... They need to be treated as well as we treat our garden worlds. Garden worlds? Garden worlds. Uh, uh, paradise plants. Ah. Places of, of rare cultivation and, and, and unique life. They're a precious thing that, montane, that seem to spontaneously manifest from government itself. Hmm. I don't worry about this, this clone war. I don't worry about this phantom menace. The Republic is such a Goliath. It's such a finely, finely honed and focused institution that it can't fall. It'll always come back. It'll always regenerate. I was talking to 401KN and we were going over droid records in that war droid she has. And that thing was on one of the, the invasions of Coruscant. And Coruscant still stands as a stronghold of the, of the Republic. It still stands as a beacon of galactic democracy. The Senate doesn't really work at the best of times. But that's because these systems can't work easily. They need to be complex. They need to be weighty because we have to be more active and more careful about how we manage them. It's not supposed to be easy to keep a galaxy under peace and prosperity. If it was easy, we wouldn't have the Sith or the CIS or this Phantom Menace. The reward for this is the work we put in. I'm not worried about losing this war. I'm not worried about dying in this war. The work we do here and the effort the Jedi and the clones do together preserve the galaxy.
It's a good life. It's a better life than I would have had in the Strait of Messina. I just wish the Jedi weren't didn't have their heads up their asses so much about this. <laughs> so, who's that mole person that seemed to also get under your skin? <sighs> He's a terrorist and a butcher. He should have been put down hmm. ages ago, but the council that seems to be incapable of doing it. He's killed several Jedi, uh, including one of their own. Uh, he's conquered a planet. He, he's caused nothing but chaos and destruction and problems everywhere he's gone. And I told Rudwar not to deal with him anymore. Hmm. Well, if you think that he should be put down, well, go away sword on that. It would be righteous. The Jedi Council... I mean, who's going to stop you? We're so far out, we're the only people who could do it. It's not a matter of stopping us. It's a matter of the fact that it's something the galaxy needs and we will have no way to get the resources for it out here. We have to make do with what we have. And we have to put a stop to him. And Dooku. I know Rudwar has fondness for his old master, but Dooku has to go up against the wall. He's not going to be... Do you know the damage that will be done if they try him as, like an, as an ex-Jedi or an ex-Count? He has to be tried as an enemy combatant. He has to be tried as the leader of this faction. They can't protect him just because he used to be a Jedi. That will just destroy everyone's faith in the Order. Hmm. That would be an issue, I guess. Uh, he has friends on the Council. Uh, uh, Yoda was his master. They're going to be fond about him. They'll go soft on him. They go soft on a lot of Jedi. They're pet projects. Skywalker is a good example. We all like Master Skywalker. Or Je General. She doesn't say Master. She says General Skywalker. But he gets away with things. And no one is chastising him for, uh, you know, taking things too far or losing their focus or losing their centering. And again, you know, she kind of pauses and looks at you. Have you heard he's the chosen one? Hmm. Chosen one for what? They say that he spontaneously manifested from the force itself. They say that he's prophesied generations ago to be the chosen one that brings balance to the force by once and for all destroying the Sith and enshrining the Jedi forever. Are you sure that's not just more of the Jedi talking, you know, the nonsense and blowing smoke up everywhere? I think... You know, like it's possible, but you got to listen to them talk. They really believe it. They're not deceptive. Like they, they're deceptive, but they're not. They're deceptive and they're liars. But they do it to themselves more. And when they talk about it, they seem to really, really believe this stuff. They seem to think it's. I mean, it's legitimate. It's something that's coming. It's it's like a it's like water flow flowing downhill. It's just the natural course of things. Of course he's the chosen one. Of course he'll bring balance to the Force. Of course things will just work out. Why wouldn't they? They're the Jedi and the Force is on their side. Hmm. It's a complete... Sounds it's a, a little bit of wish fulfillment, perhaps. They want to have the chosen one, I guess, which means that they will win, and so on and so on. He gets away with things. I've heard stories from clones... Yeah, you guys are still going through your sparring, I guess. Like, yeah, she, she's getting, like, emotional. Like, she, she is just speaking her mind. Stuff she doesn't get to talk about. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point here to let mm-hmm. her communicate, you know, without anyone judging her and so on and so on. What about you? What's going to happen to you when the war's over? I mean, the Nelvanians have Force-sensitive children on their planet, and the Strait is going to become part of the Republic again. What's going to happen when the Jedi come up and letting you know that, hey, maybe it's in the best interest if some of you guys come to the Temple? Well, I don't know. I haven't been thinking about that far. I just want this war, you know, war to end so we can come back and have some peace in our lives. If you want peace, you can't ever then you can't stop at this war. You have to be prepared to consider the future. There's going to be problems coming after this wraps up. There's not going to be no such thing as finally over to the Clone Wars for at least a generation or two afterwards, the the scale of it. And the Jedi Council is going to be extremely enthusiastic about spreading the program back out to the Separatist-controlled worlds. And it is a real problem. There are Red Blades out there that are abducting Force-sensitive children. There's an entire conspiracy that the Jedi Council just dealt with. A bounty hunter broke into the Jedi Temple and stole a holocron. Okay. To find Force-sensitive children in the galaxy? Do you not know about this? The, oh, I guess you don't know about the Jedi program. We, we have oracles and prophecies and future tellers that can go into the galaxy and find children who might one day become Jedi. And we can track them down and bring them to the temple before they're captured by the enemy. Well, I think one thing we've got going for ourselves is that we're in such middle of nowhere that nobody comes over here usually. The Republic's going to come here. The clones or Zevin or Rudwar, someone's going to file a report. It'll be impossible not to. Not with Maul here. If Maul's here, that means this is going to go straight up to the, to the Masters. They'll analyze every aspect of this case, and they'll know about you. <sighs> I'm not saying you're in danger. I'm saying they're going to interfere, and you're going to have to be ready to turn them down if they come here. Or well, you're going to have to be ready to maybe join the Jedi Order. Well, not sure. I can only speak for myself and not for my people. She nods. I'll leave that to our elders. It's just you know more about your life now that you're in tune with, however you're in tune with the Force. You might know what... Well, you've seen our lives. Compare your life to our lives and see which one you think the children in your village would want. And then make a choice. Well, the life work here seems to be more complicated than the life that we used to have in Elvan. Yeah. Yeah, being a Jedi is complicated. Yeah. It means... We are de facto agents of the Republic, and we don't like to admit it. And we hide behind this idea that we're neutral third parties, but we're not neutral third parties. We have a vested interest in peace and stability in the galaxy and, like, throwing off the reins of tyranny. You know, like the Sith Empire and their holy tyrant. We're, yeah, if you were we're a not a neutral party. Yeah. yeah, we're not a neutral world. We're not a neutral party. We're part of the Republic. If your people join the Republic, it's it's going to be assumed you're going to start being part of the Jedi Project. Yeah, if you were a neutral party, you know, half of the Jedi would be in the Separatists. She, yeah, she kind of makes a right motion. From, from <sighs> Tor's point of view, she sees the Jedi absolutely as agents of the state. And like, she sees the Republic as sort of like a larger-than-life institution that must be preserved at all costs. Because it's so enduring and because it's the most stable thing. That's uh, that's her. Too big to fail. A little bit, yeah. 
All right. Uh, if you want, you can build a bond with Tora. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, so that's going to... Oh, there is one more set. We're at the last part of the long journey. Uh, <laughs> the Overlord st- uh, side of things. Okay. So I'll Ooh. just throw this at... I'll throw this at you guys, and then we'll move on to a scene where you're all together. Um, so we cut to a fleet in space. It's Necromonger ships versus Necromonger ships. Uh, one side is clearly the decisive victor. They're disabling ships, and they're landing boarding parties. Um, it's it's like quick flashes of efficient takedowns, capturing, you know, executing captains, uh, taking ships and commandeering them, and moving through like fleets one after another, and just having domino effect after domino effect of victory. And this eventually cuts to the command ship with Admiral Trench on board, like directing movements and directing troops through everything. Uh, more efficient than any other general that the Necromongers have, reclaiming large swaths of the Empire for the Lord Marshal. Um, there's him giving speeches to like recruits and newly absorbed soldiers. Uh, there's a lot of like chanting and cheering. There's iconography of the Lord Marshal and rituals going down. Like this is still a death cult. Um, and a lot of people, yeah, just you know, chanting for eternity for uh, for the galaxy, for the universe, for the Lord Marshal. Um, and yeah, Trench is progressing in reclaiming the, uh, the Necromonger Horde from all its disparate factions. Uh, it then cuts to Maul. Uh, like, it's just straight up, the first image in this cut would be Maul in his outfit, like his cloak and stuff, walking up an ancient broken down staircase, uh, with his, you know, old robot legs clicking along. Um, the architecture is spiked, like it's made of ferrofluid that's, you know, been magnetized. So it has that kind of rolling liquid spikiness to it as he moves through it. And it looks like an ancient fossilized temple of some sort on an asteroid, uh, that still has an atmosphere because it's large enough to have attracted one for passing through a gas giant or something. Uh, and it's just him looking through, um, inspecting old technology, inspecting old pieces of like damaged chips and droids and computers and he's looking for something uh and then it cuts to uh nelvan the, the as your ship is coming to approach on in for the landing uh the camera moves on into the planet itself it's a lush uh w- w- wait what did nelvan look like pete tell me about it well nelvan's you know got um high mountains and you know dense fog below i suppose so it's you know mostly like himalayan-esque Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that kind of, uh, you know, world, you know, snow caps, large mountains, canyons everywhere, a lot of cities and structures built out of the side of things are built into the mountain. You know, signs of civilization are here. But as you're going in for a landing, uh, the camera lingers past an area you fly over and goes down and goes into a cave in the side of a mountain where there is a black and silver flying saucer on little tripod landing gears. Um, sitting there waiting and it goes inside one of the view screen windows and art and moth killer moth has his feet up on a console um with a with a pad in his hand reading a book basically um just hanging out it looks like he's waiting to be the pilot for someone and that is where we'll cut to nelvan itself uh so guys we're ready to start uh coming together Pete, where are we going to land? Well, we're probably just landing on one of those you know, mountain passages, some sort of plateau somewhere higher up. 
What well, is this? Well, it's like, you know, go on. Oh, no, yeah. One of those high up landing platforms. I got you. Kind of like how Utapau had them, right? Looking over canyons. Mm, what? Which one was Utapau? Utapau was the planet where Obi-Wan fought General Grievous, and they had the Dracula people you almost were. Hmm. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. Uh, what village do we land in? What what city do we land by? What uh, Where are we going? Because you're pretty much deciding where we're heading, right? Huh, I didn't have any names prepared. Oh, it. no. <laughs> you don't have it's to have a name. You just have to give us a description. Just, just give us a description yeah. of what it looks like. Well, you know... The Vanya people don't aren't like, you know, that much of a tech up society, so it's like, you know, mostly just mountain villages. So, you know, for us it's just one is distinguishable from the other. So, you know, kinda of like pre warp civilizations, you know, mostly going on. Yeah. I don't did you say they were shitholes? Sorry? What I'm sorry, did you say they were shitholes? Shells? What? Shells? I was trying to say what I, I I didn't hear what you would call them like uh, moving from one blank to another. Uh, that's true. Um, well, yeah, sorry, like, I, just, you know. I, I didn't hear you right. My bad. But yeah, it sounds like they they would have been like damaged and in trouble because the CIS had like conquered this place for a time being. So a lot of the villages they they've been damaged by this, right? You're rebuilding. Well, yeah, their biggest problem was that you know the Techno Union moved in here, decided to you know house their labs and so on, so on doing. You know their own, you know, gene experiments and so on, so on. So they kidnap out of you know the locals, and yes. you know mutated them. Yes, the Skakoans and their horrific stuff. So you land yep. by this village. It's in a mountain. It has a landing pad built because they know you know to have landing pads for visitors. The the Nelvanian villages are getting more visitors as time goes on, as people kind of filter on in. Um, and like helping to rebuild and helping to kind of restore like a sense of normalcy. Uh, so there are aliens among some of these villages now. Uh, the one that you land mm -hmm. by is actually one that's popped up uh, right near where the Skakoan Techno Union base was because they used to live by there and had to be, you know, moved when the Techno Union showed up and started shooting them and capturing them. So the Techno Union structure, which is like a, a large kind of scary looking citadel growing out of the ground, is on the horizon and has been like partially dismantled and ripped down. Um, but there is a, you know, Nelvanian village that has started to kind of grow up around the mountains overlooking it. Yep. So, uh, Ian and Steph, it's been a hot minute since we talked to you two. Ian, th the most, since you went first. Uh, the three of you are ready to disembark the Necrobore and head down to Nelvan. So, uh, what, who do you bring with you? What do you bring with you? And uh, what do you want to see in this village? I will be bringing both of my spider swarms. Of course, of and course. Of course, of course. <laughs> Again, if you don't remember, the hair on, like, the fur on my body constantly, like, crawls because it hidden inside of it is just all the spiders in the world. Amazing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll bring both my spider hordes, and what do I want to see on Nelvan? Uh, I think Sicarius's main goal is to help uh, Shining Peak because Shining Peak wants something here and he, uh, like he's looking after his family and friends. So, yeah, 
Sicarius is just here to help in any way he can. Okay. And 401KM? Um, I'll take a couple of my, my droid entourage with me, and I'm pretty much in the same boat as Sicarius. I'm, I'm here to see uh, Shining Peak's village and family and see what I can do to help him. Okay. Help her. All right. And Peter, same question for Shining Peaks. Who do they bring with them? And, you know, what, well, are, what are they kind of here to see? Uh, I guess I can just come in riding on my Zillow Beast. <laughs> right. <laughs> the baby Zillow Like a beast. boss. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess, you know... Bumbles the Wampa would also have some fun here because this is kind of its climate. All right, so yeah, the the Wampa and the Zillow Beast. I'll probably also your Rancor. It probably should stretch its legs. <laughs> sure thing. We'll take the Rancor and uh, should we take you know Chet Satan the Giant Killer? You want to bring Chet Satan Ooh. along? Oh my god! I mean, weren't they like the Ghost or what's someone was the ghost hand nemesis thing? Uh, Chet Satan was the martial artist. The ghost hand nemesis thing was uh, Venom Ghost Hand, uh, who you've met, but you haven't, uh, you know, haven't. You, uh, she's not part of the him. party. She's not here. Okay. Sure. So we can just take the various beasties along. Okay. All right. Uh, so Pete. This village should be an atypical village that's kind of like recovering itself. Um, you know, as you're walking through it, what are what does it look like, and what are we seeing here now? Well, you're seeing, you know, first of all, the Navarian people, and you know, a good half of them are giant ogres with some metallic bits, you know, sticking out of their body, and so on, so on. As you have after those experiments for the Techno Union. And, you know, I guess, you know, instead of seeing the usual tents and so on, I guess you see more permanent architecture, maybe stuff scavenged from the, uh, you know, various ships and various other things that have been here earlier that, you know, got dismantled and, I guess, repurposed now. Okay. Uh, people come out to greet you, of course, as you're here, because, you know, you're new people on a ship, and that looks like a Necromonger ship, and that caught, that's a statement. But when they see you come out, they're they're relieved. Like, oh, thank God, you're back. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Um, yeah, people come on out to gawk at the ship to see you guys, to see what the party looks like as you all come off and uh, walk on through. Um, a lot of children and like some infirm that are like left kind of behind in the village to do maintenance and like try to keep stuff up and running with the labor they're able to do while a lot of other people are just sort of heading out to do repairs or upkeep or, you know, find people that might be missing or find people that went on expeditions. Uh, it's, it's very busy here, especially with the, the other uh, travelers that are like landing and, and coming through and trying to bring supplies. It's almost like they're trying to establish trade, but just to get the things they need to sort of put this whole thing back together. Cause it's, it's been a nightmare. Mm -hmm. um yeah uh so people approach you and talk to you and ask you about your adventures they, they want you to explain what you've been doing uh they, they want to hear everything 
Okay, sure. I update them on what's going on there about, you know, I guess Necromonger Horde and so on and so on. And yeah. Uh, they've been having problems here. There's there's worries about spies from the Necromonger Horde on the planet. They're they're worried about that they've been infiltrated. Um, there's talk of like ghosts and hauntings and strange encounters and things being seen at night. And you know, it started when strangers started showing up, and it's it's causing problems. Hmm. So was strangers. A familiar face and a friendly face. Something something. <laughs> right. Everything's strange when you're a stranger. Do, 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 do. My God. So uh, this location, I'll let you know, is affected by paranoia syndrome. Uh, the people here are being afflicted with some sort of scourge or infection that's making them nervous and paranoid, and it's going to start escalating. That'll be an issue. Yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to make fellowship, and you can't recover here. Well, that's good. We've already recovered recently. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You guys are here looking for the Macrochlorian. Uh, did I give you, like, precise coordinates? Um, I think you just told us on the planet somewhere. I'm going to assume I gave you better coordinates than nothing so we could speed this shit along. Um, sure, I think. This area is where it should be, and basically the only major landmark is this is where like the Neldanians traditionally like built a village. There used to always be a village here, uh, and the Techno Union built right over top of it. Like directly mm. over top of it with that citadel. And the well, coordinates uh, would all... Yeah, the only things noticeable in the sector, like the way plants are broken down to like hexes and sectors, um, it, it, this is the only thing in it. It's like straight dab in the middle of that that intersection. Well, I guess this one. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Sicarius or four hundred one km. Do you have anything you want to do in this village? Do you want anyone you want to interact with? Kind of get any details about what might be going on. I think both Stephanie and our BRB, so I'm going to hit the pause button, Pete. Sure. All right, and we're back. So, um, the three of you, now that you, you're here on Nelvan, uh, what are you up to? Well, we need to get some more information about you know, this place, and maybe some of the elders would know something about what we're looking for. Absolutely. Uh, so this village, is this the village you were from, or is this just the village that was near the Skakowen project uh, from the Clone Wars? Um, I guess it was just a village that was close to the Skakowen project. So it's just not your village, though? Yeah, I guess that would make it simpler. Okay, like you, you could not be. I just want to know like how people viewed you. Like, Are you, are you known across the planet so they'd recognize you for being from far away? That sort of thing. Mm. I mean, it could be. It, it's up to your preference. I don't know. Either one is interesting to me. That's why I'm like leaving it up to you. Sure, I guess I can be known. All right, so you're well known. So yeah, the 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 cultural leaders here, um, 
you know, they're, they're, they manage different aspects of society and, you know, how to allocate resources and take care of the sick and schedule things and just keep things running as best they can in the crisis they're in and make sure they can take care of the uh, Nelvanians that were hurt by the techno union and make sure that they get like a, like a quality of life that's, you know, good for them. So they'll meet with you. Um, where do you want to meet? In their building, out in town square, maybe on a walk somewhere on your ship to show them information. Uh, what do you think would be the best setup for them? I guess I can just go to the, you know, elders hut, something like that, at their place. Do you or want to bring anyone else with you? Council. You know, who'd like to come? Yeah, I'd just like to come. Yeah, definitely. Sure, yeah. Alrighty. Sure. So you go to where they'll meet with you. Um, it's a, this is like a cave side place. So they've kind of dug this out into the side of the mountain. Um, it's a large burrow. It's been reinforced on the inside with like wood and, uh, you know, early metal smithing to kind of give it a little more stability in case of shelling, which has been a problem they've run into. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I think limestone's pretty sturdy, right? So I guess I'll say it's made of limestone. Unless limestone's like the softest rock on the planet, and this is a death trap. <laughs> but I remember limestone there. being pretty good. Yeah. All right. I was just trying to be sure, cool about knowing planet, about rocks. Limes- sure. On this planet, limestone is especially stable. There we go. All right. And yeah, so it has that nice striation to it. It looks kind of like the Grand Canyon a bit. It's that style. And uh, there's lighting on the inside that seems to be uh, a combination of bioluminescent insects and bioluminescent plants that are kept inside terrariums that they string across the walls and, like, you know, filter and change out with water and stuff. Um, Some of the members are old. Some of them are younger. Some of them are actually, like, the altered Nelvanians. So they're the large, kind of ogreish looking ones. Uh, and they welcome you to come sit with them. They have a fire going. They're cooking food. They offer you, you know, food to have. Um, and they just want to hear what you have to say. Oh, so I guess I'll present our case to them that we are in search of some ancient um, witness of darkness. I guess I'll just call it like that. And, you know, That's I guess a- we'll talk about the giant audience. The giant aliens, there we go. They, uh... They'll ask you more questions to get more specific so we don't have to, like, have you recap the entire last few sessions. Yeah, yeah. But one of the elders speaks up and goes, we... A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there was a story about these, these... A presence coming to our world infesting it, changing it, making the people on it different. And they said that it would eat entire villages whole, swallow them up, um, a sort of terror from the sky. And many of these villages, we only know about them because there was a witness that would come and tell us about them. They would share their stories and let us know where they were and let us know that they'd been cleared out and that the, the, the evil had been pushed back. And some of the things you're talking about, some of the symbolism matches that. That is fortunate. 
Well, that this is this is the question phase. You guys are gonna have to kind of ask questions and like I don't know, maybe even make like moves because some of you are diplomats and some of you guys are like information finders. I think to like piece together kind of where you guys need to be looking. The uh, some of the other leaders though, they're they're pushing forward that like maybe seeking out the witness to darkness is inauspicious as the village itself is already going through problems. Like they already have a huge problem with invaders. And uh, so Shining Peak thinks that this ancient this ancient story is related to the Macrocolorian? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm. Well, we know that, well, first of all, there's a ghost in the galaxy. We also know that there's another wrong ghost hand around here in the system. I was not talking about Mike, I guess. Gesticulating with the oh. other arm, the wrong one. Oh, yeah, they talk about Mike, and like they they had an encounter uh, a little while ago, like like a couple weeks back, where one of one of one of the altered Nalvanians like got really sick and really cold and, and passed away in his sleep, and he came back and he started attacking people and like like biting them and fighting them and stuff, and like those people got really sick afterwards. And it's starting to cause problems where, like, the alternate fans are being a bit shunned. Yeah. So we're dealing with that, and from the giant aliens told us that, you know, to deal with that, we'll need to find a witness to darkness. Okay. Uh, they're on board with helping you, um, you know, as much as they can. So throw questions at them. Throw interrogations. See if they can piece, piece stuff together for you. Hmm. So before the Techno Union, what was here? An old village. Very old. Um, what are the oldest ones they know about? Like, uh, some of the leaders here aren't local. They came in from other villages that were just destroyed by the Techno Union and are trying to, like, make things right. So using this area as kind of like the reclamation ground is sort of like a, like a, like an image thing. It's like a, it's like it's sending a message or it's sort of like a, like a symbol of hope or a symbol of renewal, like going back to one of their oldest sites. Um, but that mm-hmm. village is, is notorious in history. Like there's talks of it being haunted, talks of it being visited by things from another world, uh, talks of the sky falling onto it. Um, it goes back to the oldest legends they have about Nelvan. And like some of your stories that are about villages being um, thrown into turmoil or calamity, a lot of them bear a lot of resemblance to like this village in its historical record, almost like those stories were like, you know, people passing down the legend of Atlantis. Hmm. And when the Techno Union so came, they very... wiped it out. Hmm. So yeah, that really does sound very auspicious for what we you know, might be going for. And yeah. They also mentioned that uh, um, you're not the first uh, you're you're not the first special Nelvanian to come through here recently. Hmm. Who was the other one? A woman with a piece of metal jammed into her skull and a uh, droid prosthetic arm, um, in like like spacer battle armor, and she was Nelvanian. Came through here, asked some of the same types of questions, and moved on to the uh, Techno Union Fortress. She called herself Ghost Hand. Is that the Ghost Hand that you know, I met? Yeah, Punished Ghost Hand. 
Yeah, I did meet her, so I don't think she found what she was looking for, or maybe she did, and that's why she left. They never saw her leave. Hmm. No, no, she went into the Techno Reunion ruins. She never came out. How long ago was that? Half a week. Hmm. Hmm. So she's still potentially in there. Oh. There's a commotion outside. Uh, it's getting pretty loud. Uh, Sicarius is going to go check it out. Uh, some Nelvanians have come back and are getting into a yelling match with some of the visitors, like um, like some of the just the aliens that have come from other uh, planets to like be here. Uh, it's 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 like it's getting heated. It's getting heated, and it's looking like it's going to get physical. Like they're they're pushing each other back and oh. forth and like hitting each other's face. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold it there. What's what seems to be the problem here? Uh, one of them is a Duro, which is like those gray-looking aliens. Another one's an Elvanian. Uh, the Duro claims that the Elvanian just started like rifling through their things, and the Elvanian claims they saw them with a separatist communicator. Uh, whoa. Okay. Well, this is pretty easy to solve. Um, you know, show us your things and show you don't have a communicator, and we're done. And we can all go our separate ways. I'm not showing you anything unless I see your chain code. If I gotta give something of mine up, you gotta give something of yours up. Chain code? A chain code in Star Wars is like your ID. Oh, sure. It just has a bunch of information packed into it about who you are. It helps verify your identity. Sure, I'll show I'll show him my chain code. He looks at it. He has like a he has like a communication cylinder on him that he like routes your chain code through to his ship. And he's like, I'm not a separatist. He's a separatist. He's brothers with Admiral Trench. And uh, everyone gets quiet outside. Like he <laughs> makes this hollow emitter show up the trench chain code. Now you guys are related. Yeah, that might not have been the best idea. Hmm. Uh, you. So you see. Sometimes, when you work for money, you don't always work on the same side as people, and you just kind of have to accept that. Someone shoots into the crowd. At you. Hoot. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm gonna tuck and roll. I, I go outside when I hear shooting. You see a, shot, a blaster bolt from the crowd go through the crowd, miss Sicarius because he ducks out of the way, and hit that Nelvanian square in the chest. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh. Didn't realize he was behind me. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, this is a This is a problem. I'm... You guys seem to have this handled here. I'm going to go back in the tent. Do, do, do. Oh, All right, I'm going to... Okay. <laughs> he's going, running, he's running. I'm going to take out a first aid kit and see if I can do anything for the injured Nilbanian. So or I'm is gonna he point just out, DIA? Uh he could be savable, but someone opened fire into a crowd when a riot about separatists happened, and Sicarius jumped out of the way and let someone get shot in the stomach. 
and he's Admiral Trench's brother, and Admiral Trench is a famous Separatist general who probably helped run the campaign to capture Nelvan. Like, things are starting to escalate very quickly, Steph. You're a diplomat. Things are about to get real out of control real fast. Like, it is oh, happening. Boy. You are in the car. You are in the car crash, Steph. The car is crashing. Okay, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of an about to be riot, and yeah. and the riot's gonna go. And the riot's gonna go lynch Sicarius. Okay. Um, yep. All right. I pull out the orb and put it over my head. Oh, uh, and say in a loud you. voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love the orb. Well, thank God for the orb. So great. Right. <laughs> Default and, uh, air gear. All right, and can I talk sense to a crowd? Uh, the Jedi can talk sense to a crowd, I think. Uh, let me see, because like I think that's a move. Um, yeah, is that like good. a special move? I think it's a special power that uh, Zevin has. Uh, let me see. When yeah. You... Oh, it might not be. Speak clearly. Yeah, speak softly to a crowd. You can do it, which implies you might have a problem. You know, you have to target probably one person at a time. So, Steph... Hey, Breathing Mermaid! Hey, Breathing Mermaid! So, Steph, my question to you is, uh, this is a rowdy mass of people. How are you going to identify a way to kind of, like, start to talk them down? All right. Who who shot the shot? Or can can I identify them? They're already starting to swarm. Uh, if you want to CSI that, you might want to look closely... Ian, you're about to be plunged into a problem. Is there anything you want to be doing at this time? I am definitely going to be doing something here. Give me two seconds. I will be... um, uh, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep them busy so that Steph can look closely easier so they're focused on me instead of focusing on Steph. No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. That's a bad idea. Ian does have a kit that enables him to get out of this with his move set. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe I, I just want to. I just want to keep him busy for for like a, a minute or two while Steph kind of gets her while Kim gets herself ready, and then once Kim's ready to go, I'm gonna just kind of you know move behind Kim and be like, yeah, see, I'm with them. You know that that's what I mean. Sorry, not that I was taking their attention for a long, long time. Well, I no, just for sure. You're the one that they're mad at. So yes, which is why right. I figured I can take <laughs> their attention for, you know, the the easiest. That's get fair. their attention and That's then fair. quickly be like, oh yes, here we go. Um, this is a D six. Two D six, yeah. Two D six, yes. I need that. Okay. I will be keeping them busy, and I'm gonna give. I'm gonna use a. Uh, I have a precious piece of silk, and I'm gonna give one of those. I'm gonna like give it to uh, Kim's, and be like, "Here you go. Like here, here's this for the diplomat." And I'm gonna, you know, we should be building the city back up <laughs> and helping out and something, something, stumbling over words as my character's like. Sicarius doesn't want to die here, you know, because that that would be bad. Uh, and that will be a ten, okay, for keep them busy. So on a seven plus, uh, I so buy there some time, a, and their intention is all on me. There is a bit of a hiccup here, Ian. 
Uh, because you are technically yeah. in the middle of a gang of people. Okay. Which means you can't so keep them busy. Roll... No, no, you, you oh. can't without creating a circumstance where you can do that. I think Peter has one of the powers that lets him keep an entire army busy. I don't know if he bought that yet. Uh, I feel like the circumstance to keep this entire thing busy is the fact that they all want me dead. That is so, so true. So all of their eyes that is are so on me already. So I'm just talking at them while their eyes are on me. That makes sense. All right, what did you, you know? get for your keeping busy roll? That was a 10. Absolutely, so, all right. Sicarius... Oh, go ahead. No, tell me what you pick. Uh, yeah, Sicarius is going to... Um, I keep them busy... And all their attention is on me for now. So while they're all looking at me, I'm going to start pulling out some like nice silk and stuff and be like, look, we shouldn't be focusing on anything other than the revival of the city right now and helping out those here. We can do stuff about, you know, separatists and other things and the other problems later, but we should fix the city right now while we can get it stronger get everyone healthy like there's things on this planet and that's what myself and my you know comrades are here to do we're here to help this planet and your people my friend shining peak is just in the tent over there talking with some of the elders and it's it's going really well we're gonna do a lot of good here see i'm and i'm and i'm just slowly moving oh behind kim and being like here you go kim here's the spotlight here you go ready All ready right. i'm passing the ball i i rolled an eight for a little closely all right you got to, questions to, to figure out ah who shot the shot okay so uh you have three questions and it's an eight so you're gonna learn one the hard way so what are your three questions i i just have one who shot the shot all right, but just maybe tee up Thank you. two more just in case. Just in case you want elaboration. Because once you learn, aren't you going to probably get shot as well? Who well, shot the shot? Uh, where is the guy who I was arguing with? Like, has he run away or is he still there? Oh, yeah, yeah he's booking to a ship. Oh, gosh. Okay. Are there any he... secrets, you know, separatists in here? Yeah, after after you kind of took over as the target of their ire, he bailed. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I would too, regardless <laughs> of whether I was good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame a guy. Right? Well, um, uh, I'm just trying to keep them from, you know tearing Sicarius apart. That's my Fair main goal right, right so now. So for your question of who sh who shot, uh you were able to quickly like check your memories to see if even passively you were observing the area when you were coming out right when it happened. Uh mm -hmm. and yeah, you got a pretty clear image of their face when they were turning to look at you as they were turning around to like disperse into the crowd. It was some dead dude with one arm. Uh and they looked like and they looked like Mike. Oh, God damn it. He had a gun. God damn it. That Who gave jerk. him a gun? <laughs> yeah, like, like you look at your memory file, and it's like a very grainy crowd that's like kind of going back and forth. And then when you like focus on the sector yeah. where the gunfire came from, it like, like someone moves and staring directly at you, smiling, is Mike with the gun in his hand. And he just, and someone moves in front of him and he's gone. 
<sighs> All right. Then I just pick random person out of the crowd. You, you come here. All right, they'll obey you. Um, what are you doing? Why are you in this mob? And he, the the is, did you call it like an Elvanian? Yeah, I I picked just picked out a random Elvanian in the mob. Because I'm trying to, you know, use them as, as an example. The Separatists have infiltrated our city and are still here trying to take from us. They're just lying and covering for it. We have Admiral Trench's brother here. Didn't you come in with him? Yes, I did. And I can tell you that he is not a Separatist. While there might be Separatists here, he is not one of them. And right now, you have bigger problems than the Separatists. Aren't you trying to rebuild your city? Whether or not they lie to you, whether or not they steal from you, you still have to provide for everyone around you and take care of them first, don't you? He's like, he looks at you, he's like, we shouldn't divide each other. Yeah, guys, this isn't the way, this is... And then, like, someone turns around and they have, a, they have like, a, like, a stab wound on them and they, like, just kind of, like, grab his shoulder and get his, their blood on him. And the second the blood touches the dude you're talking to, uh, you see his eyes sort of change and he looks at you and charges like a, like a, like a rage zombie. Oh, God. Bloody hell. Okay. Also, that person Things that's are going bloody, downhill. Also starts charging someone like a rage zombie. Uh, the condition here is if anyone who's infected gets uh, their, uh, gets blood on them, they go into rage zombie mode. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm going to be throwing a... There um, it is. Uh, one of my webs at this guy who's charging, who... Not the one charging Kim, but the one who touched the guy. The first rage zombie. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing a web to catch them. And also, as a byline, I believe it just we, does it. As a byline, I might compact the remove corruption in with the Zelda dungeon we're going to do. So we could just make this problem here the adventure set piece for the night instead of going even further into a dungeon, by the way. I, I can make okay. that. Okay. Yeah. We're already at an hour I, and 15 I think minutes. That, yeah, I think we should wrap it up early tonight. Absolutely. Because yeah. uh, I, I got a little bit more to tell you after the session's over. That's kind of neat. All right, Peter, um, okay. you are clearly hearing this. They're trying to get the info to help you. Things are starting to go south really fast, and you could probably save this with the rest of the, the other two party members. Do you want to inject yourself into the scene? I mean, probably once people start screaming and, you know, some blood-curdling zombie sounds, I guess, you know, I'll have to excuse myself from this, you know, meeting here and, you know, go and just burst out of the door and start helping. Okay, uh, for getaway, Ian, what did you pick? Just to be sure, you're not going to be tagged. Oh, I didn't get away. I um, you kept him busy. I right, was right. trapping them. I was no, trapping. I, I was catching the. Oh, before. All right. Does um, that just work the trap, or do you got to go for I, it? Yeah, I just. No, I j it just works. It's excellent. It only works when it's their scene, though. So okay. because he was actively acting. I yeah. can just do it as long as I have the webs to spend. Absolutely. And now he is caught, so I've, I've caught his I've caught his leg or something, and he's now immobilized. Okay, and perfect. I can yeah. manipulate uh, him as if he's a puppet. Absolutely perfect. So yeah, you web that guy, Spider-Man style, the whip. Uh, yeah, he's rage zombie and like trying to attack people and swipe at them and get their, his blood on them. 
yeah, I'm, I'm holding him away from people and being like, do not let him touch you. Please, please stay away from him. He's dangerous. Not that I oh. think anyone is going to, but like, yeah. Yeah, so, so Steph, remember how I said you were going to find out the hard way because of your look closely roll? Yeah. You're going to get blindsided <laughs> by, one of those, uh, by one of those people who are stuck with paranoia syndrome for a damage as someone like tackles you into a wall. Oof. Okay. And like well, is clawing and scratching brought... at you and biting at you. Biting at you. Well, I brought some of my, my droids with me, so can I burn watch out in, on my bodyguard droid? You absolutely can. Okay. Because you have that power, it makes you all powerful. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of the hardest characters to kill if you're using your air stuff right. In theory, yes. Or as long as I have enough guys, I'm really hard to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then can I use my, my Starker droid to pounce on the guy who charged me and hold him down? Um, to hold them down and immobilize them, that would probably be a finish them, to fully take them out of the scene so they're no longer a threat. So you got to get advantage and finish them. Okay. So the watch out, I'm burning to not take damage. Mm-hmm. Right? I can do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. And then... Hey, yeah, that's because you have long lived the queen. Your companions always oh, yes. take arms for you. Yes, yes. And the queen. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Get an advantage to finish them. Then I well, will have my Starker droid. What? Well, go ahead. No, continue. You're, you're, I, think you've, I think you got it, because you use Bonds of Servitude to make your companions give you an advantage. I think you're on the right track. Yeah, I was going to have my Stalker droid pounce on him to give me an advantage to finish him. Absolutely Rather than pounce perfect. on him and immobilize him. Okay. All right, what are you uh, finishing them with? Because disabling them would be with Pin your sense down. stat. Yep, then that's with uh, sense. Well, That'll do it. Sense stat is plus two. There you go. Do I do I need to? Actually, I don't even have to roll for it. Oh wait, do you have that uh, air power where you're an unstoppable death machine? Yes, basically. Uh, if you could finish well, them in that's single where combat, duels. Which so is strike it, true. Oh no, yeah, no, your companion when, is there helping you. Yeah. Wait, no, this is finish them so, in single single combat. Yeah, damn it. Oh, in single combat. Oh, yeah, right. good, good catch, Pete. So yeah, finish it with sense. Uh, okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, seven plus two is nine. All right, they Damn only have one stat. So yeah, you you disable them. Like that that person has okay. been removed from the fight. Uh, all okay. Right. So that happened. You took care of that one. Uh, Ian, you're keeping it down. The two that went like rogue have basically been contained. Uh, Peter, you can arrive on scene while, while they're kind of getting a handle on them. Okay, I arrive on scene. Is there anything else for me to clean up? Yes. Uh, things are starting to get rowdy because the crowd is starting to gather up and argue with each other and push around. People are getting like pushed into walls so they get out of the way. Um, 
at any moment, someone's going to draw blood, and anyone who is rage zombie infected is going to go off. So, Pete, you got to get this crowd calmed down. Huh. Well, I do have a power to scare the lesser foes, and then the greater foes have to raise up the challenge. Not sure that that would help in this regard. I guess that would disperse the crowd and get Killer Mike out. Yeah, you'd call but... him out. Okay, so I guess I just pick up something heavy right here and just, you know, start shouting for people to calm down and, you know, disperse before I start what, tossing uh, this thing around. What what power is this that you have to, like, make the, the weeks? This is the part where you run away. When, the- when I make a show of force to scare them, I'm... I can take damage to send them running. Lesser Force will flee immediately, running for help, and Greater Force will rise to your challenge and make sure Force back against you. I don't see it on your character sheet. Where is it? I've been looking for it. Oh, uh, that's newer stuff. I don't think I've copied that. that oh, sheet oh, okay. That's why I, I'm totally fucking lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Take damage to send them running. So take damage to send them running, Pete, with your fucking regeneration, oh, you monster. You monster. All right. Yeah, cool. Uh, everyone disperses as you guys are handling the zombies. Uh, one of them has been disabled. Ian, you're going to have to take out that other one. They're not zombies, by the way. They're alive. They're just, unfortunately, rage virus. Don't kill them. <laughs> okay. That would be wrong. Uh, it would make you guys look like check assholes. Here. How- <laughs> them. Uh, so that's courage or anything other than blood, basically. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let me roll uh, courage. You wanted okay. me to finish him, right? Oh, yeah, if you can. Go for it. Peter, the crowd disperses, and when they do, there's only one person left behind. It's that human that's clearly dead with one arm, and it's Mike. And he has a gun in his hand, and his cuts are always hard cuts. That cannot be overcome, so he shoots you in the stomach with a blaster, smiling. <laughs> I guess I'll damage my grace. Oof. And he starts approaching, like, like he, he hits the gun on his knee and it cracks a little, and he starts opening fire because it's on rapid fire now, smiling, starting to, like, jog up to you. Perfect. I guess I'll just going to... Whistle and zigzag the Zilla Beast will sense evil and just start pouncing on him from the Uh-oh. side. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no. I forgot I'm so about, hungry. I forgot that Zilla Beasts know what evil is. Zilla Beasts have two steps <laughs> detect evil and kill evil. <laughs> the best two steps. <laughs> like the Zillow Beast in the episode where it saw Palpatine was like, detect evil, burn a stat to kill evil and try to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so what is Big uh, Day gonna do? Well, just think of like blindsided from the side, as you know, he's just focused on me, and then suddenly a Zillow Beast appears from the side, just starts, you know. Pouncing him down to the ground and you're snapping at him. Sure. Um, there, he found one. Mike is corrosive, which means uh, your Zillabies has to pay a price to do something to him, which means you're paying a price. And wow, your Zillabies uh. costs a lot of collateral damage. And isn't that a thing ogres can do automatically? Collateral damage is yeah, a price sure. to be I'll paid? I'll some collateral damage. Okay, so the Zillow Beast, you guys, you guys are outside. The Zillow Beast doesn't just, like, start attacking Killer Mike. The Zillow Beast leaping, like, body slams where he is. 
uh, and like starts smashing its arms and its head that are all armor plated and kind of indestructible into the ground and like waylaying around like a kaiju. It's a baby. It's still <laughs> ripping up the ground and destroying buildings nearby and throwing earth up into the air. And it's just keeping smashing where Mike was trying to get him. Uh, so now that that's out of the way, Pete, what are you doing to, uh, to Mike? Um, does I have some good sense to disable them so we can, you know, capture Mike? Because I could kill him easy, but that would mean he'd just come back. Or if he had contained, that might be I can easier. catch him again with my webs. But we need to finish him to, you know, get rid of mm. him as a problem without, I guess, killing him. So finish him without blood, basically? What do you want to finish him? You want to finish him on grace? Mm. Or on... Oh, wait, sense, yeah, they're physically this incapacitated. Is, this yeah. is an interesting problem, because, like, if you kill him and he comes back, yeah, but you actually want to terrify or overwhelm him or force him to retreat. No, you want to force him to retreat, because he physically won't come back. If you kill Bob, or if you kill Mike, Mike comes back. If you force him to retreat, he'll back the fuck off. Okay, I can roll with courage. I got plus three courage. You actually have so, to overpower him. You have to do what Thanos does to the Hulk and demoralize him in defeat. <laughs> so, okay. I guess I'll just, you know, take my you know, mighty fist and just jump into that, you know, frail and start just punching him until he, you know, stops moving. Go for it. So while that's happening, Steph, what is 401KM doing? Because that zombie's been taken care of, and your soldier robots, like your droid uh, brethren, they have built up a shield wall around you, and they're getting ready to uh, to get crazy if they're tr if people are trying to come for you. <laughs> well, I'm actually trying to keep people clear from the, uh, to start shooing people away from the, the Zillow Beast and get them out of the way. I'm going to point out, Steph, that that Zillow so, Beast, every time it roars, makes the stock Godzilla roar sound effect. <laughs> so people are probably running away anyway there's something about that frequency of sound that makes everyone know instinctively to recoil and make their nervous system flee mm, alright alright so people are, are smart enough to get away on their own but some people aren't going so to be I don't able need to, to worry there's about a lot them. of there's a lot of people who are infirm and are like like injured or like recovering that can't get away fast enough there are people in danger right now Steph and you're a noble person okay you can save them with your economic superiority. No, no, no. I was thinking about the rich guy from Batman. Disco Elysium. <laughs> or Batman. You, you meet, yeah, meet, just, guy. You meet just a, say, Batman just built better orphanages. You, you meet an ultra wealthy in Disco Elysium in a shipping container because he uses shipping containers to go everywhere because that way people don't notice he's ultra wealthy. And the density of his net wealth is so greater than yours that it actually bends light around his face because uh, that's how <laughs> valuable he is. That's a real thing in the game, Steph. You've got to play it. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but no, I use my bodyguard, my bodyguard robots to start trying to, you know, push people out of the way and get those that can't, can't, that are being trampled, basically, and pick them up and try to get them to safety. All right, roll getaway. Okay. With grace. With grace. Okay. What's my grace? 
All right. While that's happening, Pete, what was the result of that roll you had where you were you and the Zillow Beast were uh, tag teaming? I rolled a nine. I mean, that's a damage. That works. Damage is damage, yep. Pete. Uh, so yep. oh, I gotta go to the I gotta go to the threat for Mike. Sorry, I don't have it uh, anywhere for you right now. But right now, Mike is inhabiting a warmonger, and because they're the the uh, the corrosion, like the corrupted, the corrupted is just take a stat block or replace one stat with the corrosive touch stat. And the warmonger is one of those stats that has a weakness stat, so it just replaced the weakness with corrosive touch, which is a legal thing to do <laughs> and a big fucking nightmare. Um, so welcome to your tape. <laughs> this is killer okay. like, in the warmonger body he is unstoppable he has corrosive touch and he has tough as nails uh so the first time the warmonger would be damaged or destroyed damage the stats is dead so tough as nails is damaged and pete you punched uh him right yeah i pay take a, a damage but also i so uh pay a price pay a price Okay, um, let me go to the punish place and I'll take a damage. Also, I think damage because I'm a swamp over. <laughs> you live go. in the swamp? Okay. Get out uh, of my swamps. <laughs> get out of my swamps. Okay, uh, Mike uh, is going to keep this real simple. Uh, he is going to kick you back with one foot, get behind an Elvanian, gain away with the other, wrap their leg around their inner leg, and put a gun to their head. Uh, facing his own head. Okay. And he's just staring you down. So his hard cut is... Um, yeah, there's a hard cut coming. The hard cut coming is that he has taken a hostage. What's the worst scenario for this? Um, I mean, hard cut isn't coming. Hard cut is. Hard cut is. He is going to scare you into standing down. Is that okay with you? If not, I can do something else. I mean, you can do that, I guess. Um, how about that represents that... You being in How about that represents you being in despair because he he rattled you by like taking a hostage so quickly? <laughs> okay. Um, also, would you say that this uh, constitutes stuff like talk sense, speak software, or any other move or threat that involves trying to speak or placate me? Ooh. Or is it just do? Oh. Yeah, he is trying to trying to placate you. Like he's trying to he's trying to 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 demoralize you. Does that count? Um, well, yeah, I guess if he's using words, then that would count because it will trigger Mike one of my things. The, Mike isn't the talker. Bob's the talker. Even though Mike does talk, he Bob is the one that like like that. That's his tagline: the one that talks. Mike is the one with. <clears throat> so Mike's being nonverbal today. Damn, I cannot use my uh, I love peace and quiet. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'll keep that in mind. I'm going to keep that in mind for future sa sale ups. I sh I'll send Bob next time because Bob also insults and that helps Steph. I just picked the wrong one from the list today. <laughs> it's okay. I will keep that in mind, though. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to give you despair as the hard cut. That's my hard cut to you. I'm going to now cut to Ian because he hasn't had a chance to do something in a hot minute. Ian, what's up? Okay, I rolled a 12 to disable that guy who was okay, in my well, web. Okay, well, then he's disabled. He is done. The, the two rage-infected yeah. paranoia syndrome victims, they're taken out. They're not going to spread anymore. Got to watch out, though. People who are infected, if they get someone else's blood on them, that's going to escalate. You'll have another rage victim to deal with. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely... I'm going to be moving people out of 
danger because you said they're sick and infirmed and people yeah. need to get out of this area. I'm really good at moving people. I am multidextrous while walking and can carry multiple people. So, yeah, I'm going to move everybody I can out of the way while also trying to keep an eye out for anyone who is rage infected. Hey, Seth, uh, what did you so get? I will be. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, I want to uh, take off of that. What did you get on your getaway? Yeah. Uh, nine plus my grace is 11. Oh, well, yeah, okay. So that means you can pick two, which is going to be, you know, grab someone nearby and bring them with you. Um, so I figure you can funnel people to Ian who can Spider-Man them away, uh, which means, okay. Ian, you guys are going to be efficient at that and wrap it up real quick because, you know, Steph and her group are also really good at this. And I'm going to pivot your issue yep. that I'm going to send up at you now that you've dealt with that infected to a building's about to collapse and it's full of, like, people that are, like, bedridden. Ah! What do you do, Spider-Man? Okay. So, I am threat. going it's to... Called, it, this is a threat. It's called Collapsing Building. It has two stats. Ooh. It has two stats. Uh, unstable uh, and uh, Precious Cargo inside. If you damage Precious Cargo inside, there's no one inside. But be careful how you damage it. Because that can mm. okay. so many things. Uh, okay. Let me... Let, I'll let you meditate on um, that. And I'm going to pivot uh, back to Peter, who's yeah, dealing yeah. with Mike right now in despair. Uh, Steph, you've moved people out of the way with the result of your move. That's great. Um, okay. Do you want to get involved in the Mike uh, business? Um, hmm. Well, disabling Mike without killing killing him? You could do that by one-on-oneing him. Actually, oh, I could. But... But how can I do that when there's a Zillow beast in between me and him? Uh, run up and engage Mike one to one, and have Peter pull the Zillow beast back. All right. I I motion at Peter to get the Zillow beast out of the way, and I'll run up and punch him with the orb. You know what? You don't actually have to tell the Zillow beast, Dick. The Zillow beast is a paladin. It picks you up and places you in front of Mike. Pete, are you okay with this? It won't do this if you're not okay with it. Sure thing. All right. Sure thing. So yeah, the Zillow beast just grabs you like a Godzilla can with those just angry eyes. It looks like an angry creature, like a furious creature. Not at you, but it's furious. So it grabs you and it slams okay. you down in front of Mike and it, and it gestures, uh, uh, like it, it puts its hand up as a shield wall against you, Pete, to kind of like help you not get shot if Mike decides to be, be a bastard. So, Steph, it's so, you and Mike. I smack him in the face with my orb. I've been wanting to try this for a while. Ah, uh, all right, you use the orb. Mike's gone. I'm not. I'm gonna give you that an auto success. Okay, okay. He was already badly damaged. You don't even have to use uh, your super arrow stuff. <laughs> okay, Yeah, okay. there's a camera flash, well, and, the, and the dead body that Mike was puppeting, like the deadite he is, collapses to the ground in a, uh, in a lump of wasted potential and uh, destroyed relationships. <laughs> well, that was easier than I expected. Somebody knows a secret now. <laughs> and I will help the, the Nilvanian he took hostage and check to make sure that they're okay. Uh, she is shaken up, but oh 
okay because you guys didn't attack Mike, so he didn't bleed on her and she didn't go into rage mode. Whew, okay, good. It's hard for Mike to bleed because his bodies are dead. <laughs> right. Now we just need to roll that ball to everybody to exercise the demons out of them. Um, everybody yeah, actually. Guys, guys, to be perfectly serious, Steph, if you started, like, ritualistically ministrating people's presence to the orb, you'd be really making a lot of headway with dealing with some of this bullshit. Hmm. Okay. okay. I keep saying All the right. important. <laughs> just having a stick and so and so on. Well, but we're gonna, on the other we're hand... Gonna... Smash back to we Ian, have a collapsing who's dealing with a crisis. Oh, sorry, Steph. We have a collapsing building, and we also have a ju- and we also have a Zillow beast. Oh, What's you gotta be careful. Beast? The Zillow beast is oh, like that's Peter. True. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the- he smashes more than than a delicate. He's not a delicate instrument. Show me one clip of Godzilla fixing a building. <laughs> Godzilla's been around for a hundred years. Show me one clip. Well, if you play it in reverse. (laughs) If you play Dark City in reverse, it's about a guy waking up in the bathtub from a really weird dream. (laughs) If you play The Matrix in reverse, it's about, uh, what was his name? His name was William Anderson or something, or or like John Anderson or whatever. It's about him sleeping on the job. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So, yeah, we're going to smash back to Ian saving the building. Uh, Pete and Step. Pete, is there anything else you want to do that we want to set up right, right while we're getting to Ian? Uh, that's fine. I guess I could be helping the building eventually, but you know, let's not take away the spotlight from Ian. Okay. Ian, we're going to go straight to you then. Building's coming down. What are you going to do to fix it with the people you brought with you and yourself? And just the endless amounts okay, I have of weapons. I do have, Spiders. I do have my bugs with the swarm stat. I have okay. two sets of bugs with swarm. So you want to send them in the building so, so they'll entomb the victims in, in a silk of cocoon? In a cocoon of silk? Yeah. Yeah, that was a joke. But all right. Damage just no. Yeah, I mean, damage not, their no. Swarm, damage their swarm stat, and uh, that'll let you like they'll rush in and they'll start entombing the victims in silk and like making one connecting line, or damage the swarm stat and they'll start like supporting like the structure of the building with spider silk and like building like a like an elastic kind of uh, you know like tether. Yeah. Okay, I'll damage which will give you advantage. To finish the building. Do I need to damage both or just one? Uh, just one. Only one is what you need to get advantage. Just one? So, okay. I feel like you're going to finish this building with with wisdom to show it the error of its ways and collapsing on it on these people. Oh boy, my wisdom's damaged right now. Oh boy, right, boy, that's spare. All right. Well, you're not going to kill uh... it with blood. You're not going to force it to retreat no. with courage. You could, I guess, be outsmarting it or overwhelming the collapsing building so it can't, like, crush the people below. Um, I don't think you could knock out the collapsing building or disable it. You can't disable it from not collapsing. But maybe Grace. Would Grace do you better? No, wait, actually. Wait, 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 wait. Sense? I could stop it from collapsing with all my webs. Potentially. 
right? Well, this is the finish. I like. Yeah, yeah. This is the finish them, and, and I think it's, it's grace. It's grace or wisdom to damage it. Okay, okay. Then it's going to be grace because I don't Go have wisdom. Um. Okay. Ooh, that was lucky. That's a ten. That Holy was, God Almighty! Double fives. That was, that was I, I was not All anticipating right. that. You yeah, outsmarted that the collapsing building. You outsmarted and get ahead of it, and you and your spiders work together to flip up all the support structures for it and make like little like packs of spider webbing that become new like uh, like beams. And you drag the people out on silk stretchers. You turn around, and the whole building collapses in on itself after everyone's saved. Oh, okay. you slew that building. I just good job, oh. Ian. I, Sicarius is just like panting. Was just like, okay, okay, that was, that an, was Alvanian, too much. an Alvanian, sh the Republican, <laughs> who didn't stay on the ship because you guys keep forgetting that he doesn't listen, walks up to you and the robot <laughs> arm gives you an orange. Um, I take it and just start peeling it and like slowly eating it, just. You, you know that like dead inside expression like that like glassed over eyes of like what the heck just happened that's that's Sicarius right now he's just slowly <laughs> eating that orange like okay I went out there to help people and they realized who my brother was and it just escalated and oh boy oh boy oh boy <laughs> yeah that was a bit much um I think yeah. the crisis has yeah. passed unless you guys can think of anything else you might want to clear up here, but I feel like the danger All right. has has come to a close. Well, since since Sicarius has, has taken care of the people in the building, and, and I just discovered my orb can do cool stuff, I'll go over and touch it to the forehead of one of the rage zombies and see what happens. Oh, instantly fixed. Instantly. Instantly they go back to normal. Instantly. Wow! Neat! All right. Then I start going around into the different raged, raged zombies, gently touching them with the orb. It works on people who aren't even rage zombies. Like, some of the people that are paranoid and angry at you immediately are like, oh my god, what came over me? I'm so sorry for treating you like that. That's not me. Everybody in the village is like this. Everyone in the village reacts to being touched by the orb by becoming better, more agreeable, and less hostile. Everyone. They all were infected, hmm. Steph. Oh, wow. Yikes. The Republican walks up to you, by the way, Steph. His helmet's on because, you know, he drips and goos everywhere when it's not on because he's right. full of liquid. Right, right. And, uh, and he's like, thanks for sending that message, by the way. Uh, I guess we should probably head into that facility because it's causing the problem, right? That's what you said on the intercom. I cock my head at him. I sent you a message. What did the message say? You said to come out here and help you guys because this place is going weird and we have to go into the... Uh, what is that building? You said we have to go into that building. You said it was. It looked like that. And that it was causing this village to go squirrely. Oh dear. I think you mean the, the Technotribe facility. That place has had cool. some bad things happen from there, but I suppose that we should go check it out. Yeah, I know. You said exactly that to me over the comm system in the ship. All right. Well, wait here for a minute, and I will go talk to the others. 
I absolutely will do that. He follows you when you start uh, walking and his robot hand grabs him by the collar and starts to like force him back, slap him in the helmet a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Give you a thumbs up. I go over. (laughs) I give him a thumbs up back. And I I go over to Sicarius and, and Shiny Peak and check to make sure that they're okay. I, the definition of okay is loose. Like he's physically okay, but that rattled him a little bit. Sicarius is a bit yeah. shaken. I I see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Sicarius, a lot of the people are a lot nicer to you now and very apologetic about that. They understand that you don't choose family and aren't responsible for the decisions of them. <laughs> They're real that's, sorry about how that went good. down. <laughs> hey guys, we saw the racism with Pepsi. <laughs> No, it's, oh boy. This it's this village is legitimately full of understanding people, and they're being infected by a paranoia virus. Come on! And the orb is helping against that. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's fair. That's good. Yeah, Sicarius is just like as like people come up to him, he's like, "It's okay. I I understand. It's it's fine. It's okay. I yep, no problem." I, I, I gently pat Sicarius and, and maybe guide him to sit down for a minute. Yeah, definitely going to sit down. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Shiny Peak with her knuckles all still, you know, bloodied and, you know, burned from punching. And Mike is just healing up the Zillo Beast with her, you know, shiny light thing because it also took damage. Yeah, it mm. did. Full strength. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, the Zillow Beast and the Rancor are like the best thing you have as companions, but they're so fucking big, Peter. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> That's the point, Evan. I know. It's fantastic. These big open areas are great. <laughs> you got to get the giant demon bat from uh, Daphimir. <laughs> There's a giant uh, demon bat. It's amazing. You could ride on it. It's well, so and then pick some Sarlacc. That'll be very useful. That's squash. Uh, Sarlaccs are more like pitcher plants, I think. Like it's like having a cool house plant, unless you gave it like robot legs, like spider legs. <laughs> Gigantic <laughs> robot legs. Or crate dragons, because those are fun, and we know what they look like. Finally, thank you, oh, Disney. Yeah. <sighs> but there are so many different versions of its sound now that it's so nice. I mean, just make it look like a dune worm. Come on, don't be a coward. It's just a Dune Worm. <laughs> I hate the new it's Dune Worm look. Their, their mouths are too furry on the inside with all that, like, worm mouth. I like it when they have big, hard, dumb beaks. That's what a real Dune Worm is. <laughs> Hashtag, my, not my Dune Worm. <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, like, they gather the body of the guy that was shot by Mike, they're, they're gonna set up a funeral, like, they're, they're very quick, they have had a lot of this goddamn stuff to deal with over the last couple of years of being occupied and, like, recovering from it. Um, wait a minute, Peter, if this is Nelvin, this implies that Ben Kenobi and Anakin have been here, because that happened. Yes. Jesus, everything is happening in the Strait of Messina, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We've made a, a weird, like, like folklore of Star Wars where, yeah, all these kind of weird things Anakin was up to, like, mattered. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, you know, remember how he has those tattoos on him all the time? Right. <laughs> but, like, this implies that when Anakin left this area, there was a bigger story happening. Like, he intersected with the ghost hand thing. He wasn't involved in the ghost hand thing. Like, it wasn't really yep. about him. Yeah, no. That's, uh, that's an interesting spin that's happened. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the, the village is getting itself back together, but it's clear that this is coming from the Techno Union. The Techno Union left something behind. You guys can piece this together. You've been working against the Clone Wars, like in the Clone Wars for however long it's been running. Uh, this is clearly a Black Ops uh, site. Oh, shit. If you ask uh, Toro and Rudar about it, they know about this mission. No, wait, they don't. Oh. They, were, they were here at the beginning of the Clone Wars. They didn't know that Anakin and Obi-Wan were here. <laughs> they missed them. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. Oops, a fucking daisy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. Seven has this information. This is something Holden knows about. He would have gotten the update about the time <laughs> Anakin found that Techno Union plant and like they were mutating people and stuff. And the archives would have information about the ghost hand thing. So it was a force uh, cult. <laughs> yeah, Holden knows about oh, this. Boy. <laughs> oh boy. So Anakin just I'm casually gonna... strolled the Mordor and strolled back, and everything was fine. Yeah, yeah. Anakin came in and out of the Strait of Messina and just totally missed all of this. They were doing something different <laughs> at the time. They were on a they were on a priority mission and went in blind. Yeah, that's hilarious. Back to the war. And also, there were there were already two Jedi assigned here, so they weren't going to stay and clean things up. They're like, look, we already got Jedi here. We got to go. Yeah. Shit. <sighs> All right, that's canon. I'm keeping that. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't even. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, all right. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to assume you guys tell Zevin about this because Zevin was on the ship. Maybe he had to do something because Holden couldn't make it, obviously. Um, so I'm going to assume that once you guys piece together the details, you'll be like, oh, my God, there's probably something left behind in the base that's doing this. We got to check it out. Also, the Republican right. knows about it because the Republicans just like that. Right. Oh, if you guys want to poke that thread or, or pull on that thread, the communication he got to his suit was bounced through the ship from somewhere under that tower. Like, not part of the tower, and it was on an old Republic frequency. Like, on the same frequency his suit's on. So the Republican actually got a message and wasn't just hallucinating things. Like he usually uh, He is. most definitely was hallucinating. You, you play back the signal, it's empty white noise. Huh. He most definitely was hallucinating, Steph. Most definitely. But... <laughs> Always a kernel of truth with that one. <laughs> the, the, the Republican is essentially a hundred percent inland empire at all times from Disco Elysium. <laughs> uh, He's wrong. He's wrong, but not in the way you expect. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, yeah. So if you pull on that thread, you'll learn that information. Do you want to learn that information? Sure. All right. He got a ghost signal. Uh, if you check his suit out and plug wires into it and grab the onboard computer from the comm system, 
it matches not mm-hmm. only his uh, chain code authorization as whatever his suit is made out of or whatever it was programmed with in the Old Republic, he has authorization to be on that channel because he has uh, he has rank on the vessel that is buried underneath that facility. Oh my. Hmm. It's Old Republic, and it's called the Proteus. And it's reaching out to him because he has authorization to it. Well, perhaps we should go clear that up in the next episode. So yeah, there's the lowdown. There's your thread. There's a bunch of disturbing info. Uh, You're not going to be going into the Proteus right away. There's uh, the facility just above it that you'll have to go through first to get down to it. Which now that you understand there's a ship under the Skakoan research facility, that's why they built it there. And that's probably where a lot of the old legends come, of uh, the Nilvanian legends come from. Yeah, back when there was a village there. Also, who's to say that the Nilvanian tech to make super, uh, the, the Skakoan project to turn Nilvanians into super soldiers didn't come from stuff they unearthed from the old ship? All of these things, like, this would have been surprising to you if this was, like, the first few episodes, but now that you're used to the idea that things are happening for a reason and everything is connected and nothing is by coincidence and God is a lie. It, you quickly are able to workshop with the rest of your companions, the pattern here. It's like, Oh God, the techno union and the CIS built a research facility on an ancient Republic ship. They didn't understand. And if it's from the Republican, that means it's tied in to uh, the original ghost hand. Mm. Which means this might have Mike and Bob shit on it. It might also have the the macrochlorian on it. Yeah, what about that, right? <laughs> uh oh. Or maybe the macrochlorian is even deeper than that. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are all quickly able to iterate and group think this together and be like, oh, oh, this is the most likely scenario. Yeah, and also like you know, three or four of you are magic and half half, half god. So I'm going to say you can quickly put this thesis together and, and give you the lowdown on what the, the bare bones are. Your skills and your specialization are high enough that you can just have this info. Okay. You're professionals. <laughs> so the we're going to wrap this episode. Um, the setup here is you can't build fellowship with these people because they still have paranoia syndrome. You have to cure that. That is in the Skakoan facility, which is your next target. Uh, and underneath is a ancient Old Republic ship, the Proteus, which was a research vessel that was part of the Ghost Hand. So, your objectives are clear. Go through the Skakoan facility, get into the Proteus, find the Macrochlorian, uh, and achieve your destiny, Shining Peaks. Woo! Woo! And once that happens, you'll also earn fellowship with the Nelvanians. Alright, awesome. Okay, next session, uh, you're going to encounter the Zelda dungeon, which is one of the most iconic Fellowship set pieces. It's in book four, um, and it's like the most... It it is the most set piece of any set piece. It's amazing. And all of you guys are involved in the construction progress of it, because it fully generates and simulates a Zelda dungeon. Like... All of the tropes and finding items and rooms and having to, you know, Metrovania backtrack and have a sub-boss and a master boss, that's all there. Hmm. So, um, what we're going to do is we're going to build the Zelda dungeon, not in this episode, obviously, uh, and then we're going to do an episode to describe how the dungeon is built, 
that'll be the next episode I think the listeners will hear. And then after that, it'll be the actual episode going on into it. So everyone, including the listeners, has the opportunity to know as much about the dungeon as possible before going in to know what to expect. You know, if some things won't be there. I, I control some aspects of it that you don't get to know about. It's fair. Yeah, well, it's so cool. Uh, I can't, I can't just believe how cool the set piece it is. I wish there were five or six more of them. It would, it would, it would be the extra, you know, polish on top of an already really polished game. It's so imaginative and so well done. Awesome. I'm anyway, really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll crack it open after this just to give a quick overview, and then we'll see from there. Uh, so, okay, I was Devin. I was Stephanie. Peter. And Ian. And this is sponsored by nobody. Signing off. All right.